Talk Brunch. Served hot. Talk Brunch Live. Rick Dow, your host here. Captain Brunch. Being joined as always by co-host Destin Soblo Frazier. I don't know what would make me feel better. Paying $1,200 for a $400 console or dancing for hours on Black Friday. Just don't participate in any of that nonsense. Exactly. That's the easy solution for me. So, this is the official 420th episode, so stay high out there. And we get one four twenty, at least when we're doing chronologically. And uh, tonight will also mark the end of Talk Brunch Year 6. It's hard to believe it. It's been that long. So, Talk Brunch Year 6 is here. And, uh, or rather ending, and we're going into the seventh year, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. So thank you once again, everybody, listening tonight and across the entire past six years on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Twitch, Facebook, everywhere else. Don't forget to check all our links on TalkBrunch.com, as always. And yeah, very interesting time, right? How do you feel going into this next year? I mean, things are, I think when it comes to the main show, especially things are better than they've been. Yeah. Feeling good. Yeah, I can definitely agree with you there. So yeah, let's see what's going to happen. Survivor Series yeah. weekend is coming up. We got the polls tonight. Don't forget about that, guys. Stick with us till the end of the show. And after we review the weeklies and give you the results, we're going to go into the polls where we're going to discuss what we think our predictions are going to be for this upcoming Survivor Series, which, by the way, don't forget, we're going to have the post-show live in the chat room Sunday night. The kickoff is 5 p.m. Eastern time. 7 p.m. is the official launch. We'll be in the chat room starting at 5 p.m. Votes will be up on the board. You guys know how it works, so don't forget for that. And, of course, at the end, we have our post-show whenever they go off the air, right? Yeah, whenever they decide to get out of there. Yeah, but whenever you get one of the big four, the the, the kickoff is two hours. So that's why you're getting the 5 p.m. Eastern for that. Be glad they didn't put an NXT takeover the day before. So, Oh, dear God. You know, but yeah, it's crazy to think that uh, it's been six years of that, you know? Yeah. I think I've been around for like, what, maybe four of them? So I was like, yeah, that's, that's some shit. Mm-hmm. We'll go more into it next week. You know, oh, let's yeah. Let's talk about the overall stuff. But uh, tonight's opening discussion... Kevin Nash is in a a new upcoming film. Did you see this? I have not. Oh, God. Yeah, so the name of this film is uh, COVID-19 Invasion. Are you fucking kidding me? I wish I was. And the description <laughs> says, the description's better than the name of the film. Are you <laughs> No. So it says, Chinese bats invade America. It's up to the to Navy SEAL Team 6 to stop them. All right, we'll see y'all next week. I'm out. <laughs> oh, man. What the fuck? But it doesn't end there, Dustin. Oh, it doesn't. Good. Good. Nope. Because we got a screenshot, at least. We don't got a video. I wish we had. We got a screenshot. So here you go. COVID-19 Invasion starring Kevin Nash. <laughs> yeah, I might have to watch this. Oh, my God. What? Yeah. <laughs> what? I know, right? So there he is, good old Nash. It's just funny seeing a man that tall holding a gun that small. 
I don't know why it makes me laugh, but it does. Like, like at that size, do you even need the gun? Like, yeah, we're well, not gonna beat up the bastards. It's gonna be like the snakes on the plane thing. Oh my god, <laughs> that would worry the hell out of me. But yeah, Nash, he's always in these weird movies, right? Yeah, he was. He was in Longest Yard. I mean, he it, Longest Yard wasn't weird. He just had a weird role. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah, but yeah, he's always in weird shit. <laughs> I think oh, the longest yard the closest you got to normal. Yeah. What other fun stuff do we have here? Oh yeah. Uh did you see the the botch that uh Mattel did with the action figures? I think I heard something about this, but I haven't seen it. Oh Christ, what they do. So they accidentally put the Jericho action figure in a Hurricane Helms uh packaging. That's f- Oh, yeah, I heard Jericho and Helms made fun of this. Yeah. So, but this is, look at how they did it, though. Like. How do you fuck that up? How do you fuck that up that bad? For anyone that's uh, listening on your way to work or in bed or whatever and doesn't have a screen up, it's Jericho in the hurricane pose wearing the green cape. (laughs) That is awesome. What a botch. And it's like, it's short hair Jericho at that. That's too good. Like there's so much going on in this one shot, and it's and it's sealed, so you know it's legit too. It's probably a collector's item now, right? At this point, right? You can put it right next to your Uso toys with crutches. Yeah, that is too much. Yeah, I just thought that was funny when I saw it. Yeah, remember the crutched Uso toys? Oh my god, right? Yeah, that that is great. All right. So onto a bit of bigger. It's going to stay in the fun category before I go to the serious stuff. I already know everybody's hot. I know I, I know some of the stuff, but uh, <laughs> I'm not looking forward to it. That's why I'll stall with some entertainment. Halloween Jericho, yeah, right? He dresses as a hurricane. Oh, my That'd God. Stand back and break the walls down. So uh, AEW did an announcement on Tuesday where they announced some video games, right? Yep. Yeah, now I haven't seen this, and I've actually stayed away. I've heard general whisper, so I have somewhat of an idea of what happened but it's to my understanding that they announced three games is this right yep there are three of them okay three games and uh i'm assuming one is a console game if they have any kind of intelligence right oh yes yes, (laughs) that is correct basically um without spoiling exactly what they are it is a count is a console and two mobile games what system is the console for um i believe it's going to be for current and next gen Really? Okay. So, uh, one, the PS4 and the Series X and the 5 will all be able to get them. Yeah. And you gave me some timestamps here of the event that I should look at. I should put up on the screen, right? Of essentially. Yeah. So, this first time, okay, we're going to go. St- are we going to do the beginning or we just, should we go to the first timestamp? Um, well, I'd say we, we can start from the beginning because it's, uh, it kicks off with Kenny Omega coming out. But the fun the part that makes me laugh about this is exactly what he looks like when he comes out. Okay, we'll take a look here. I just want to be in a running gag with the other three guests we had. Oh, I already see. I already see what we got going on here. (laughs) This is a day (laughs) that I've been looking forward to for two and a half years. Every once in a while, Omega's dressed like Steve Jobs. A revolutionary company comes along. They're a little Omega Jobs. That changes everything Yo, he is rocking it all game. started in january 2019 
Now this wasn't just a big day for AEW. This day sent shockwaves throughout the entire wrestling industry. But we were only just getting started. Then came Double or Nothing. Double or Nothing wasn't just a big day for AEW. It changed the expectations of live wrestling audiences forever. Then came AEW's TNT premiere, October 2019. Oh my god, really? Is this how we're doing this? AEW on TNT transformed wrestling on Wednesday nights for millions of wrestling fans and families around the world. And then something happened. A global pandemic. And if it weren't for you fans, we wouldn't be here today. I wouldn't be here on this podium sharing with you this message. We are here for you as you have been here for us. Time and time again, we have made history. Today again, with all of you, we shall rewrite history and make history together. I give you AEW Games. Now, you see, I want to tell you a story now, if you don't mind. Should, I, should I keep going with this? Uh, we can skip to the first time stamp. Okay, so we got, let's go to the first timestamp that you gave me here. That's about here. This game is still in early development. Still early in development footage shown may not be representative of the final product. It's Ukes. Uh oh. Yep. Somebody got hijacked. <laughs> Oh, look. You even get that shitty new fan of share that Jericho does. <laughs> oh, we're doing the inner gender shit. They had to put that in the trailer, right? <laughs> oh, Lord. Okay, so that was the first one, right? Oh, wait, wait, there's more here. What is this? Oh, look at that Melsa driver. As you can see, we've been working. Okay. So that's the first one. That is uh, going to be the console AEW video game. So so Ukes is the one. They're the guys who left from the WWE games, right? Yeah. Yeah, you they're see? the ones who left uh, 2K. That's so funny because they basically left. And if you recall, when we talked about it on here, they more or less said that they were leaving because they wanted to do something different. But it turns out that they didn't want to do something different. They wanted to do exactly what they were doing, but without having to put up with WWE's nonsense. Because remember, they were saying there's a lot of control and stuff about yeah. them. They they managed Ukes the way that they managed their product. They wanted things exact. They were very particular about intros, specific things that you could and couldn't do. Uh, they couldn't really be developers. There was some they were pretty much control developers here. So it's funny because now when you're looking at this, it, it looks to me like they just said, you know what, let's just leave. <laughs> and now here they are with AEW. Exactly. Which I mean, if Ukes is behind this, that's definitely a good sign because we don't we know Ukes knows what they're doing. 
Yeah, I guess. Like, like, like before WWE had to put their claws and everything, you you got a pretty good run. So Right. Yeah, so there's no complaining from what I saw there. I mean, it was a trailer. We don't even know. At the end of the day, it's very easy to just take an existing WWE game and put an uh, AEW ring on it, throw some cars out there, and uh, yeah. just show a sequence like that. Like, that's no nowhere in there that they say that this is actual gameplay that could just have literally been them using the wwe game going in and editing just to give you a general idea of uh, what it is exactly which will give you a general idea because the ukes games never really look different aside from an up- upgrading textures and so- sometimes not even that much but uh yeah i mean if that's the direction that they want to go but then at the same time i've heard them say that they want their game to play like no mercy yeah that's what i've been hearing about this one is like it's it's going to possibly use um some of the some of the uh the no mercy engine it's weird when, when I hear people say that they want their wrestling games to play like No Mercy because it's difficult for me to explain to them that no, they don't. Like, that's not going to work nowadays. Like, it's there are things that happen in No Mercy and that work because they were compensating for the graphical power of the systems at the time that just wouldn't work in the way that game plays nowadays. You know, there yeah. are certain things that it's like people have to come to terms with. Uh you know, because a lot of people in wrestling and in the gaming world are starting to sound like old timers at young ages where they just can't adjust to things. When you look at the latest Final Fantasy that came out, as much as I've, I'm a big fan of all Final Fantasy, you know, there were a lot of people who just couldn't understand why nowadays it just wouldn't work to have three characters standing somewhere and you select commands and then they go, okay, my right. turn attack. Okay, your turn attack back. Okay, my turn. Now you attack. Okay. You know, so they got offended. They saw it and they was, it was, I admit, it's a busy game. If you look at it, it's like, yeah, there's a lot going on here, you know, but that's the whole thing. It, you, it could never work. If you want that, then go find that and go play that, you know, but the, nowadays, the reason why those RPGs used to look like that was because they were compensating for memory. Nowadays, there's no, like, imagine how weird it would be. As much as people are pissed they didn't get that, how strange would it have been if, like, the premiere of that Final Fantasy was literally, like, with the graphics of Advent Children, but then when the battles came, the three of them had to stand there, right? It was just, like, fight magic <laughs> like item. And Cloud ran out and slashed. With the good graphics, though, he comes on this one slash and goes back into his spot. It just, it just doesn't work. That's how I look yeah. at the No Mercy, where it's like the way that they would do the collar and elbow tie-ups and transition into moves and stuff. If they had anything that ran or played like that nowadays, it, it just, it doesn't age well. You know, you'd be blocking with your chest. Remember, you used to block strikes by, by, by puffing out oh your chest. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> you know, like Holy they don't. Holy shit! <laughs> like they don't get it. Like I get that it was a cool game at the time, but you well, can, it was that doesn't a cool mean, game at the time you know it's like people with games are starting to make the same mistakes that people in movies and tv shows are making like they're taking things that used to be really cool and because they were cool they're bringing them into present times and they're fucking them up you know and it's like that was a really cool wrestling game and i enjoyed the n64 that doesn't mean that i want to take that and bring it into present in the present i want to do present things you know yeah like a lot of these games and that's the reason at least nintendo uh is is sensible enough to understand that when it comes to development a lot of these things that people want just aren't practical in execution and you see amateurs do it on youtube and you go oh wow but at the end nobody would give a fuck like if right now the n6 the the um like mario 64 for example like if someone went instead of looking all square and blocky they just use amateur textures and, and assets and made it look good that would be cool and everything but the problems with the game go far beyond just that appearance it's the way the cameras rotate there wasn't a right thumbstick people forget how important that shit is there wasn't a right there was no such thing as the right thumbstick yet there was a thumbstick that changes everything 
Literally, it changes everything. Try to map an N64 game to something with two thumbsticks. It's not impossible, but the fact that a, a right thumbstick didn't exist, it changes the way you would play a game like, like Mario 64. So no matter how good the graphics are, there'd always be that awkwardness of the controls, of having to not really always be able to rotate the camera without like holding a button. Things like that, and the, the N64 suffers from with that up C, right C, down C, left C bullshit that they had going on the right side. You know, that weird wizard ass control that they, that they, it just, it wouldn't work for the stuff nowadays. So when I hear that, uh, I just say, please let it go. The WWE games that we had this last generation were fine. They just kept breaking them, you know, but like when they worked, it was okay. You know, like I liked the way they played. I liked the way you could do reversals and the way you could create your characters and you had your universe modes. And the only thing I've never ever liked is any career modes that they've ever done. But, like, if you're in it just to make your stables and have your wrestlers and do stuff like that, it's always been really good, you know? So, for me, that's what I want. I just want the regular WWE games that work, like 13 and 14 and shit like that. Like, just do that again. Exactly. Yeah, so I mean, hey, time will tell to see what uh, AEW and Ux has in store for this one. Yeah. So, the next one you gave me was 825. Let me see what's going on over here, 825. Yeah, this was uh, the first of the two mobile games, I believe. And this one, uh, Aubrey Edwards. Oh, is that Aubrey Edwards out there? Yeah, that's Aubrey. Let's go. Let's go ba- a little bit back with her. I don't mind seeing her. In fact, I want to assemble the best team of mobile game developers to make the best mobile wrestling game. So let's show the fans what we've been working on. Do you think you know tag team wrestling better than us? We are the elite. You think you're better than me? Ever heard of my catchphrase, video game dweeb? You think you got what it takes to be a champion? You think you've done the work? You need a big personality. This shit reminds me too much of Thunder already, man. I was picking one to go pick me. (laughs) GM mode is back and better than ever. Sign your favorite. Is that what this is? A GM mode? Building your lead. Book your own matches and watch the action unfold. See how you're booking scores in the rating system. Manage your cash flow, fans, and locker room morale, or else you'll be down for the cap. Build. Plan. Fight. Win. Be a champion. Prove you've got what it takes an AEW Elite General Manager. Wasn't that great? I said I won't look like shit, but you know what I mean? Like, that doesn't mean that, like, you know, sometimes you can't win them all, you know? I mean, it's a mobile game. It's like, what could you expect, you know? Not that. Yeah. Like, I don't know what I would have expected, but just not that. I mean, maybe playing it is better than looking at it. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's kind of funny how WWE fans have been wanting a GM mode back in the game for, God, probably the last five or six. AEW in their first batch said, here you go, GM mode. Yeah, here you go on a separate thing. Yeah. Well, I'd share that to you guys in the chat if you want to check out the entire event. Well, uh, here's hoping. With uh, your next timestamp, you got me at fifteen twenty-eight. Yeah, this is uh, the second of the two, I believe. Because we need two mobile games. Right. Well, here's hoping that this one is what uh, what is missing from the uh, first one. Right, gentlemen, boys in the truck, roll it. Yeah, things looking real good here, Butch. You're getting the job done. Keep it up, huh? This 
beginning of Need for Speed. Why can't I get it? You know the rules. Go get yourself a jacket. Put it on the red. <laughs> We're gonna see the fucking game or are, we just, or are they opening are the actual casino <laughs> I'm ready to win coming oh, this winter are you kidding me code meister uh, so was that it oh, okay. there we are there- what a shitty idea hey, them casino games on the phone to be popping just- yeah but not from wrestling fans most wrestling <laughs> fans don't fucking gamble and go to casinos that's not even the, the same demographic that's way past their demographic Hey, somebody out there go see a casino game and be like, hey, what's this AEW thing? <laughs> is that what you think the strategy is going to be? Hey, you never know. It might work. Oh, man. So what's been the general reaction of people of, the, of watching these? I mean, I've been hearing from the usual WWE marks. It's just like, oh, but um, I hear more about the, the console game than the two mobile ones. And it's just like, yeah, I mean, hey, we're finally getting our AEW game and you is involved with it, so. I mean, that's all good, and not strike while the iron's hot, right? While while WWE has their pants around their ankles, they don't have a, a game out this year. I don't count that that uh that shit. Yeah, yeah that, really, we, uh, we 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 won't even speak of that thing. Yeah, I don't I don't count that shit where the Funko Pop fight each other. Fucking Baltimore, like, no. Yeah, I'm talking about like the regular. Like they don't have a wrestling game. Now's the time. Jump in there. You got Ukes, man. There's no way if they fuck this up, then I'm gonna lose complete faith in them and like anything else. This is again one of those open opportunities. You know, and if with this you, was, it's pretty hard to fuck it out. If this was one of the current Final Fantasies, we would say right now WWE's at stagger. You know, oh, if you fuck oh, this damn. up, you have them at stagger. If you fuck this up, <laughs> you know, then I can't you trust you anyway. You know, because they, they blew it, they couldn't have you blown it more. The round, that's it. Yeah, you got it. It's time to hit it, man. So please do that. And the other ones, to be honest with you, I think personally they're shitty ideas. I think I don't even remember what was the first, the second. Oh yeah, the GM one. That's a shitty idea. Not only because I don't like GM modes in games personally, but the the visuals that they show that it looked like a uh, little paper cutouts banging against each other instead of it looking like anything relevant was also shitty. You know, and uh, the casino could be fun if you're into casinos. But how often do you see wrestling fans that are into casinos? Hey, they're they're out there. <laughs> Like Rainbow Six Vegas took place in a fucking casino. That doesn't mean. Do you think if Ubisoft released a mobile game that everyone who plays shooters would then suddenly be playing slots? I mean, uh, I guess it kind of goes with AEW's theme of the fact that it's like everything from the get go has been a gamble. So, I mean, like three of their pay per views are all named after terms you find in poker and gambling. So, yeah, I guess that's it. They have they do have a casino yeah. gimmick. You kind of roll with the theme, and I mean, and then with the other two, like whether we like it or not, like there is a big demographic when it comes to like the mobile gamers. I still see them all the time. So it's like, I guess it's like, reach out to everybody. But mobile games are, are have a really bad rep. Like, have you, when's the last time you really enjoyed or played like a mobile game? God, the last time I played one of the Five Nights games on mobile. And that? <laughs> yeah, they're there too. <laughs> Hold on. I know they're there, but I'm just thinking, <laughs> you know how fucking hard it would be to be scared by a little Five Nights at Freddy's guy if you're playing those on your phone? You know, you would think so, but then when you zone in on that screen, 
screen long enough. <laughs> I don't know, dude. I couldn't imagine being scared. Jump scaring your little phone. Ah! When they come out. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't imagine the game being as intense as it is. But look what happened there. Right. But look at it. Take it to scale the opposite way. And that's how you can really tell. Right. Like imagine if one day you somebody sat you by yourself in a movie theater to play Five Nights at Freddy's. That'd be like some scary shit. Dark, I just leave. I just put the control down and fucking walk out. Next day, they'd be like, you had a good time? Yeah, yeah, I left it out. It closed up for you. You know, I wouldn't play that in the theater. You couldn't pay me to play something like that in a fucking theater. How many bones did I see you do? All 16. The gigantic, loud jump scare in a movie theater would be the most terrifying experience ever. You'll probably get PTSD and never be able to look at another fucking (laughs) Chuck E. Cheese the same after dealing with some shit like that. You can't watch Yogi Bear with kids no more. Yeah. So imagine, so when I look at the opposite, like it's a little thing, it's not that loud, he'll jump out, he's small, I don't really care. So those yeah. don't really uh, work. But I mean, I'm looking at my phone right now, I'm trying to think of if there's anything that I, cause I, I'll, I'll dabble in mobile games just when I'm on the go, just if I'm that bored. And I realized recently it's not even worth it, but just to think of things that I have installed, like, like I have random stuff and none of it's really things I would brag about, just literally time fillers. Right. You know, so I don't know if going after the mobile market will work. Ask Blizzard. How going after the mobile market will work. Ask Activision Blizzard, the most powerful company that there is, if uh, it's a good idea. But uh, the Ukes one, yeah, I mean, that's give or take. It's just going to be yeah. it's just going to be the, the names and characters that we have. It'll be interesting to see how the sales on that do. Yeah, and then how the game plays itself, because like I said, that wasn't that was basically the early development of what we saw. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, hey, I'm trying stuff. So, yeah. <sighs> Moving along, let's see what else we got on the program. For you, those of you that are interested, it's all up there. Well, let's talk about the Selena Vega situation. No point installing on that anymore. Yeah. Uh, so I'm pretty sure you guys all mainly know, aside from those, I know that some of you are primarily get your news from here, but for those of you that don't, Zelina Vega was released. Yep, uh, from, this past Friday. Yeah, from her WWE contract. They actually wished her well in her future endeavors. Same generic answer that they always give. Pretending they give a shit. We kind of talked about the fact that things like this might start to happen. You know, and this is one of those situations. So uh, there were a few things that happened here. I'm just looking over the program to see if I could stack the facts for you guys. The official reason for her firing, according to Sports Illustrated, is quote unquote breach of contract. So, uh, and apparently they felt backed into a corner when she opened up an OnlyFans account. Now, that being said, I know what it has a reputation for being, which there's absolutely nothing wrong for that. But there are people who use OnlyFans without nudity, which she was using it for cosplay, charging people for cosplay requests. Yeah, because if you're uh, doing anything with this girl, she has a very big plan of doing cosplay. Yeah. So WWE wants to make, they want to establish themselves on Twitch. They started to see the benefit that Twitch makes as far as money goes. And uh, they want to get in on that. So this is one of the reasons why they're buckling down, which in my opinion, even assuming that they would be able to get in on something like that, I don't think they understand that the reason why people donate on Twitch and sub sub on Twitch is because of the personal connection that they have with the people on Twitch, which they may not want to give to WWE. I don't know how welcoming the Twitch communities are going to be, especially now knowing this and the mainstream reputation that this situation has gotten. I think it fucked them. (laughs) Yeah, I think so too. I think that there's a big... I think that's dead in the water. Yeah. Uh, 
So she has a, according to PW Insider, she has a 90-day non-compete clause, just like anyone else. So she's not going to be on television until February uh, 2021. They informed her at her SmackDown taping. She showed up at SmackDown. And that's when they basically told her that she was going to be uh, released. And uh, apparently they're reporting that it had nothing to do with the tweet that she sent out about unionizing. Like she was let go way before there was that tweet apparently but that might that tweet might have to do with her being let go though you know what i mean if you look at it that way she got let go and then she let that tweet out so um her her contracts up in february and interesting enough which has been pointed out by the sheets is that AEW's revolution pay-per-view is at the end of february february 27th so with the way AEW tends to do things don't be surprised if this doesn't lead to her winding up uh under the umbrella because she's openly said that she's not done you know this was a WWE thing. So you got to keep that in mind. Um, and she's a great talent. Yeah. So she tweeted out and she said, I want to say thank you all very much for the last three to four years. WWE Universe. It has. It was incredible. I would have never been able to say this is for you, Dad, if certain people did not believe in me. I love you all and I couldn't have done it without your support. So uh, this goes back again to them wanting to control other people's outside assets here. And uh, it is unfortunate that this turned out the way that it did. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, it goes without saying that this is, this, this kind of feels like an, like a sort of like an infringement on just freedom in a way, you know, it's literally trying to take credit for something that somebody else built. Yeah. It's like the equivalent of like you're in school and you're doing a group project and that one guy skips until the day of the presentation and then he gets an A2. It's like, you weren't here for any of this. Why are you doing this? Yeah, I don't get it either. It it sucks, man. Sad. And uh, I know she didn't want to be released, but I know she also didn't want to like get rid of her, her stuff either, you know? Huh? But uh, she did talk about it on her channel a little bit. Which you said you were in the channel when this happened, Destin? Yeah, um, I actually just finished up uh, watching SmackDown, and because I follow her on Twitch, I was in her Twitch. Uh, I was in her Twitch chat when this was, when she was um basically opening up about this situation. So I caught all this live. Okay, let's have a look. I'm just, I'm sad. I'm completely heartbroken. Um. But Broncos fan, thank you. Obviously, this isn't the last that you're going to see of me. I don't know what the future's going to hold. I don't know what's going to happen, but I do know I'm going to be here, so I hope you all will stay. But God, my heart is beating so fast. Um, I love you all, though, and I'm really, really thankful to each and every single one of you. If I go down as someone who stood up for themselves and, you know, so be it. But I'm still thankful and I'm not, I'm not angry. I'm not, I'm just, I'm just heartbroken. Um, because doing this, being a wrestler is all I ever wanted to do. Snake Twisted, thank you. Um. So I don't really know what to say. I don't really know. Like, there's so many things that I, I want to say, but I don't know how. Um, 
I, I like I said, I'm just saying thank you to everybody. Thank you for the amazing locker room that I had, all the girls that supported me from the makeup ladies to the referees, everybody, people in the office, everyone, the crowd, everyone, literally everyone. Thank you, Sensei. I will forever be passionate and forever be thankful for everything that I've ever gotten. I've worked, I've worked so hard for this all my life. You know, I started when I was 17. And, um, yeah. Professor John Gotti, thank you. Yeah. And I'm not gonna stop. You know, thank you, Shadow. Uh, I'm not gonna stop. Um, things are just going to be different. And I don't know, again, I don't know what is going to happen. I don't, you know, but this, this will forever be the reason why. <laughs> so, you know, um, Yeah. <laughs> to, you know, to them also for letting some four foot nothing girl from Queens, Puerto Rican girl from Queens, you know, on that kind of a stage to work with her heroes. Incredible blessing. One that I'm always going to be thankful for. So, <laughs> I have nothing bad to say. I know some of you might have come for that, but I don't have anything bad to say. I just, um, just thank you, really. And thank you guys for, for being here with me. I have over 5,000 people. Yeah, but to add insult to injury, uh, yeah, it was it was dark and it was storming and stuff, man. Yeah, that yeah, that's, he, he usually throws kind of graphics on there like that, but yeah, no, I'm kidding. Yeah. It, was, it wasn't actually dark. She had a graph. She had like a background. Oh. Yeah, she 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 was not. Yeah, that that was that background was deliberate. Was it deliberate? Was she that did she intend to create that effect of a dark and stormy I, night? I feel like it kind of had to match her mood because. I've popped in on streams when it's sometimes her and Alistair before in the past. It's usually a bit more upbeat. Mm-hmm. So this one felt like it was kind of meant to kind of match how she was feeling. Sheesh, that's rough. Yeah, that was... And so here's a couple of things that you don't see in that clip. First of all, Paige actually jumped in at one point. She actually uh, was in the chat just to go in support with everybody. Um, you know, usually with her stream... Usually about maybe about six, seven hundred, eight hundred people in there. I watched it in the span of about twenty minutes. This chat go from about maybe ten to fifteen to the eight hundred, nine hundred. By the time I was gone, fifty three hundred people in that girl's chat. And the thing about it is, at one point early in the chat, before even um before this video even started, she said, "This is the first time I've smiled all day." Because her entire community came there to show support and to get her through what's probably one of the worst, one of the hardest times of her life, with the exception of maybe her dad dying. Like, it pissed me off so bad because I'm like, 
this company that's supposed to be such a big family where we look out for our own and this and that and da 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 and Sunday morning special shit just because she didn't want to give up on something that she put all the time and the work and the effort in and they snatch it out from under her. A bunch of people she doesn't know are a better support system than they are because she almost broke down numerous times in the maybe two hours I was in that chat. And I was even in there typing, just showing support, showing love to understand why this is, why this is aggravating me so bad. This is one of the prime reasons when you go through hard shit, WWE don't do shit about it unless it benefits them. Nobody benefited in that chat of coming and showing Zelina support, telling her it's going to be okay, telling her we support you, we're going to ride with you no matter where you go. Nobody in that chat benefited from that. But we did it because why? We actually care about the girl. We actually enjoyed watching her work. Whether it be she mentioned the fact that she got to meet The Rock and be on fighting, be um, in the Fighting With My Family movie. The fact that every time she'd gone out, whether it be the first Women's Royal Rumble, all the times she was out with Andrade, the fact that it was literally like she said, a dream come true. And because she doesn't want to let you control something she worked for, you take that from her. Like, it's the lack of logic amazes me when it comes to some of the decisions these kinds of company makes. But yet, when the cameras are rolling, everything's all happy, do lucky, and oh, they're a family and all this kind of shit. This place is not a fucking family. It's a prison and it's a nightmare. Her Twitch community was her family, and I'm glad she didn't stop it. Because at the end of the day, 5,300 people who she probably never met face-to-face a day in her life were a much better support system than this company than the supposed mecca of sports entertainment was. And that's like, really it, unfortunate. It's, it, it's fucking ridiculous. Like, <laughs> It, and the, the funny thing about it is they mentioned the breach in contract. Kind of funny how um we ain't heard shit that happened to Paige yet, but yet same situation because Paige is still streaming. Give it time, man. Give it time. But uh, Lance Storm on Daily Figure 4, he talked about it. He said that he's heard numbers um of what some of the women specifically, not the guys, but what the women are making because streaming has always been like a cash cow when it's come to women. He said... Oh, yeah. um. And they're and they're above a lot of the downside guarantees that a lot of the men were making when he was there. And he says that uh the top ten guys, um, especially now that um Ronda Rousey's gone, all out earn the top one woman, you know. So uh for in situations like that, they also have to think about the money that they're able to make. You know, like Zelina Vega, according to Dave Meltzer in Wrestling Observer, he said that uh, she was one of those people that was making more outside of WWE. So they're asking her to give up more money for less money and probably to work harder because you're putting your body out there. You got to be dressed and travel and all this other shit. And it's like less pay than what she was making there. Like, that's the reality of the situation. So uh, shittier treatment. (laughs) Yeah. No, it's definitely not good treatment. I'll say that much. And. Of course, there were other things that are going on at the same time. And you even mentioned this to me off the air. And I looked a little bit into it after you talked about it. Like with Alistair Black, for example, uh, before this even happened, he didn't like what was going on as far as being employed by them. And we were hearing that he, he was asked to be put back in NXT and they denied him, right? Yeah, he wanted to go back. Yeah, so a lot of people wanted to go back to NXT. At one point, Kevin Owens was going to go back, but it didn't happen. So Yeah, I mean, you know, we've seen, the, the, we've seen the trend. Whether it be a Finn Balor 
uh, Ember Moon, they're going back to NXT, NXT and instantly things are getting better. Yeah, and then a lot of people are speculating now that Alistair Black won't be in WWE any longer. And they're saying, especially when you look at the way that Lana's been treated after Rusev left. So uh, there's a lot of concern in regards to now that they've had this issue. And it's an open, very open, very public issue. How's Alistair Black going to exist in a company where something like this is going on? What exactly. do you think? Because keep in mind, people, he got drafted to SmackDown. I ain't seen yeah. him on SmackDown. So that's an issue, too. Like... <laughs> Imagine it getting worse because let's be real. Let's not even like let's not even shoot the chips. We know it's gonna get worse. Yeah. All I'm saying, spoiler, Lana's up to nine. All right. Like oh it, it drives me fucking nuts. Yeah. Because yeah. that and the bad part is that video does not do justice of how hard it was to watch her so upset. But then the moments when People would gift subs or donate, and you'd see a smile. Like literally, though, her community worked her through this better than any Twitter marks or anything like that, and they did it in real fucking time. I mean, as much as people don't like to admit it, money will work you through most things. Yeah, you know what I mean. They'll work you through it. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't give a fuck if it was my community or Native Americans or just random people <laughs> off the street or just you know people in third world countries or whatever. Like if somebody wants to basically move me with money, <laughs> go right. <there. laughs> you know, so that's the whole thing. But you that's, know what I mean. That's what this is all about. Yeah, is <laughs> the money that they're moving her with. You know, WWE yeah, think, is not moving so. her as much with their money. They're exactly. less loving. Yeah. Because I remember uh, some of the lines, some of the things she said that stuck out. I know for that stream for sure, she had a record high when it comes to how many people were there. But uh, yeah, it was it, it was not fun watching her hurt like that. Yeah. So speaking of Amir, apparently somebody put up from, an excerpt from his Twitch stream where he gave oh. feedback on this. She'll be, she'll be fine. Hey, you know, it's it's always somebody's loss. I think. She wanted to do Twitch, so I think that's the best decision. That's the best move for her. If I was in her place, I would have done the same. Well, yeah. She loves Twitch. She wanted to do more than just wrestle. So she stuck to her guns. And now she'll have the opportunity to do whatever she wants. So I don't think why, I don't know why is everybody feeling bad about her. Don't feel bad about it. She'll be fine. She can, she, she'll be able to do everything now. There's not, there is nothing to stop her. India, happy Dawai. Yeah, so yeah, she has support from her peers. But one problem is that none of the peers that support her, aside from Paige, are from within WW. Everyone who's shown support is someone who's already been released. People are scared to talk when they're actually part of the company. Yeah, that's the really unfortunate part about it. Because they're, they're scared to lose their money. Like, where are her peers in the company that are her friends? Like, yeah, Miro's out, but you know, see, see people are keeping a safe distance. And that's the reason why it would be hard to have a union, because in order to have a union, you need unity. You know, at the end of the day, a lot of these wrestlers that don't give a shit about Twitch and don't play it, you know, guys like John Cena, whose hands are too big for controllers who don't even understand video games, you know what I mean? Like, guys like that, I mean, he said it, you know, he said it himself, you know. He's not going to care. A lot of the older guys, you know, may not get it. When's the last time you've seen John Cena on Up, Up, Down, Down? I don't even know if he, has he ever even been there? I don't even think he's been there. You see what I mean? Like, he's completely <laughs> disconnected from that world. What about Danny Bryan? Has he been on Up, Up, Down, Down? I don't think he has either. But then again, Daniel Bryan doesn't have a TV in his house. So I don't even know if I can count him. But you see what I mean? Their top guys are completely disconnected. You know what I mean? From yeah. gaming. 
the the top ears in Vince. What about Edge? Has Edge ever been on Up Up Down Down? Edge has. Oh, has Edge he? and Christian have. Okay, well that's cool because I'm gonna say you got guys. You know that these are guys that have influence within the creative. John Cena, Edge, Daniel Bryan. They don't give a fuck about video games. So who else is there? Bruce Pritchard? Do you think that Bruce Pritchard's playing video games right now? Uh, Bruce Pritchard can barely carry a podcast. I don't think he's doing that. <laughs> you know, you think he's on one of us? Or on Genshin Impact right now with Bruce Pritchard? <laughs> I pay money to see that. You know, we should try that one day just to troll people. You know, be like Bruce Pritchard's live streaming Genshin Impact and it's a Rickroll. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. God, speaking of Rick Rose, I got to tell you, one of these days, I saw the greatest one ever. It was amazing. But uh, yeah. yeah. <sighs> so, you know, not many people. There's so many people in the company that aren't going to care, that aren't going to speak up. And even if everyone who actually understood gaming and the importance of it did speak up, it, w- it would still not be the majority. Or it might be the majority at this point, because there's a lot of young people in WWE and a lot of gamers. But it's not even from their perspective about being a gamer. It's about the properties. You know, they would tell them play games off air. So very unfortunate situation here. Very, very unfortunate. And yeah, WWE, basically, they're planning on, they want some of that Twitch money. You know, they actually posted, they put a new job posting. Remember, and this is funny. I I, I love this company. This brilliant. Remember I said that they don't understand what goes into maintaining a Twitch channel and what goes into all of the things and the greetings and the graphics and the overlays and making sure that everything, that the data automatically will relay and update in real time because you've said it the right way and shit. New job posting, graphics motion designer. So uh, let's have a look here. We are seeking an enthusiastic, detail-oriented motion graphics designer to work within WWE's growing advanced media group, specifically for Twitch. This position will create motion graphics, animation, and content optimized for Twitch and digital social media platforms. Candidate will see projects from concept to finish. Design and animate on-air graphics, packages, titles, lower thirds, transitions, etc. Create corresponding style guides and AE templates. Work closely with video producers and creative leads to meet video calendar. Fulfill requests from social media producers to solve daily video graphics needs. Report to Senior Motion Art Director. So there you have it. In big man talk, literally everything that I've been telling you that are all of the things that you need to operate a Twitch channel, since they now want to make themselves part of Twitch, they're going to hire someone to put up their overlays and their graphics and their greetings. And since they're WWE and they can pay the big bucks, these aren't going to be borrowed greetings or just things that are modified. They're probably going to make, you know, the, the real high level shit with the way that they can do things. So they're going to be doing Twitch on a whole, like imagine using the transitions and the screens and the stuff that the production team has access to within Twitch on WWE. This is why they want to pull you off of that. They want to cash the fuck in and they want to make sure that their Twitch looks better than everybody else's Twitch. Just like Vince McMahon did in the eighties with the, with the territories and becoming the number one, he wants to come into Twitch and he wants to become the number one. And the person he's hiring for this is by no means going to be a slouch because you need four plus years of motion graphics for digital platforms. You need to be accustomed to the speed of daily video production for the internet, sec- second screen appearances, experience with news and entertainment graphics for digital videos, excellent typography skills, excellent sense of screen layout, image cropping and photo videos selection knowledge of current web motion design best practices and emerging trends comfortable with a multidisciplinary environment of creative tech and 
product, mature, respectful of business needs, shipping dates, and real-world challenges, work with various video formats and platforms, Twitch, Facebook, Snapchat, Adobe After Effects, and Creative Suite required, Cinema 4D and modeling tools helpful, entertainment brand experience preferred, strong interpersonal and communication skills, portfolio must be submitted with an application. I should just link them to Talk Brunch because most of the shit that's on that list is stuff that we've had to deal with here on some extent. But uh, no, then I'd get hired by them and I wouldn't be able to talk shit. Now, that was what happened to Bruce Pritchard, actually. That's the reason they let his podcast come back, because it was under the conditions that he doesn't talk about current WWE. That's what Vince asked. That's probably why you didn't hear Cornette talking about their crazy shit anymore. Well, Cornette talks about everybody. Except WWE, it seems. But, uh, so yeah, there you go. That is what they are looking for. They already, no, it's not one person for a five-man job. That is one person for a one-man job. They just very fancily just describe the kind of qualifications that you would need in order to run a Twitch channel. If you really go back and listen to that list of stuff, nowhere in there is it like asking for like college or even high school, to be honest. Four plus years of motion graphics for digital platforms is the highest credential. Everything else, you know what I mean? Like, being accustomed to the speed of daily video production for the internet and second screen appearances. Check. Experience with news and entertainment graphics for digital videos. Check. Excellent typography skills. Check. These are common things that most people have nowadays. Excellent sense of screen layout, image cropping of photos and video selections. Check. Knowledge of current web motion design, best practices and emerging trends. Check. You see what I mean? Like most of these, they're, they're written very fancily, but it's just the things that you would need to do if you were running a fucking Twitch channel. You know? Oh God! So they they're they're hiring someone to basically run the Twitch channel, and uh, like I said, they're restructuring because you know to try to get into more places where there's money. They're looking to um hire a head of um their talent brand managing department. He's going to work across, or he or she is going to work across all lines of business to develop and execute growth strategies for talent brands. Um, drive opportunities for talent brands internally and externally. Align talent goals and personal interests to WW strategic initiatives. So this is interesting, even though not much attention has been drawn to this on the uh, sheets, aside from me seeing it right now. But listen to what they're saying here. I'm going to break it down into small words, layman's terms, if you will. They want to hire someone who's going to work with the talent, is what it sounds like, to grow the talent's brand within WWE and also outside of WWE. And they want to make sure that the person that they hire focuses on using whatever interests these talents have in a way that can benefit WWE. When they say that they want to align talent goals and personal interests to WWE strategic initiatives, that's what they're essentially saying. They want to hire someone who whatever the the talent is interested in can somehow be monetized. If you have a talent that's into fucking pottery, they want this person to report how that can be used on the internet. Can they make a pottery YouTube channel? Is it more popular on Twitch? Where is it known? Are there streamers who are doing pottery? Literally, listen to that sentence, and that's the reason why big man talk is used. It's not because they want to be fancy. It's because they want to sort of shield the blatant shit that they want to do here. They want to hire someone to align talent goals and personal interests to w to WW strategic initiatives. They want to know whatever you're, you're, you're interested in, they want to be in on it, is what they're basically saying. They want to develop and maintain talent marketing materials. They want to monitor growth of individual talent brands. Talent brands are the talent. They want to see how the different talent. They want to have somebody who's monitoring how these talent brands are growing. They want to collaborate with talent third parties to solicit and assess new opportunities. So they want this person to be the one who collaborates with talent third parties, such as T-shirt shops, 
and streaming places and things of that nature. They want to have someone that's controlling that. They want to assist in benchmarking economics for talent engagements. So they want to just basically have a general idea of uh, how much money can be made during this. Provide marketing intelligence and best practices for holistic brand development. It's all the same shit. They basically want you to be able to make money. They want five years experience in entertainment, brand management, social and media relations or a similar field, strong understanding of social and digital ecosystems as they relate to brand value and engagement, experience and client services across a variety of brand management functions, ability to work closely and effectively with talent, excellent communication and interpersonal skills, including verbal, written and presentation, um, exceptional project management, organizational and time management skills with the ability to lead multiple projects in a fast paced, deadline driven environment, self-motivated with a positive can do attitude, poison, grace under pressure, professional and always maintaining the high degree of discretion and confidentiality willing and able to work a flexible schedule including late nights and weekends on a regular basis able to travel for business as needed approximately 20 to 25 percent of the time and work a flexible schedule including nights weekends and holidays as needed proficient in microsoft office suite especially powerpoint and excel um, entrepreneurial drive to deliver industry brand practices, understanding of WWE's audience, demographic, and psycho and, and psychographic a plus. Wow, they they really are they're really swinging here. Excellent communication skills and ability to work in a collaborative environment. Bachelor's degree in media communication, marketing, or a similar field. So here you need you need that bachelor's, but you see what they're more or less asking you for. You know, all of these things are just different ways that they can control uh, all of those third party WWE talent assets that they're trying to get their claws into right now. What are your thoughts? I mean, it's become their shtick. Like, hey, you uh, you did it. I want some. <laughs> I think, you know, what? give me all that shit. Yeah. So a lot of people posted support for her. Ryback did. We're not going to get into the tweets, but Ryback did. Maria Canales did. Mike Canales did. Then Maria tweeted. She said, I was curious when I woke up to, up why there were so many attacks on my husband, and now I understand why. Every time someone speaks out or speaks up against WWE, WWE bots slash fans go after credibility. We are human beings. We have rights, and labor law should apply to us. So apparently WWE puts out bots, I guess, um, in order to... Uh, in order to push opinions in the opposite way because people will see bots. That's the way that social media works, by the way, for those of you that don't know. Not everyone who you see out there is real. They'll send out bots that'll have bad opinions on things uh, that'll try to influence more people to have that same state of mind in regards to those things. And uh, to be completely honest with you, that's 100% what they did in regards to the election and many other things politically. They just spent four years just putting out information to influence opinions to be able to have people take away their choice and then them feel a false sense of empowerment when they go around preaching opinions and thoughts that aren't even their own. Yeah, pretty much. <sighs> I hate thinking. Yeah, don't you wish you could just kind of just go through the motions, no thought involved? Just... I wish you were stupid. You know, sometimes I do. Write it down. <laughs> All right. So the labor union president, John Alba, spoke with uh, SAG uh, after President Gabriel Carteris, who I believe used to be uh, Andrea in 90210. Let me make sure that that is correct information, because that's funny if it is, because anyone who's ever watched 90210, let me see, I'm, like, I'm going to Google her now and bring it up. Oh my God, it is her. That is, this is like, this is beautiful. So anyone who's, <laughs> so anyone who's watched 90210 remembers the character Andrea. You always have that one character in the group, the Jesse, if you will, if you're going to go back to the OG. 
you know, that that one female character that was like the feminist that would stand up for rights and be like the educated one. You know what I mean? Oh, my God. Yes. She was that character on 90210. And now she's fucking actually the executive vice president of SAG, of SAG-AFTRA. Sorry if I'm pronouncing it wrong, which uh, they're basically a union for actors. They're an actor's union, a trade union. So, uh, man, this is such an interesting story, right? Who booked this? We know it wasn't WWE. No, fuck. <laughs> he said, wrestling is as much about media as it is sports, and we are going to directly engage with the members of this profession to help find ways to, for them to protect themselves. As more people reinvest in unions, as more working people are harassed by employers who don't want to protect them, sag after is committed to doing what we can to help professional wrestlers secure protections they deserve. Well. Um, wow. So this was John Alba, I guess, being quoted after he spoke to her and he said i generally shy away from hyperball but i don't think it's crazy to suggest that this could be the beginning of a major movement in, in pro wrestling history and uh yeah so this was him inquiring with andrea from fucking say from, from 90210 that's nuts you know the eyes that their fuck-ups are getting on them is crazy now first andrew yang now this yeah and he said it's worth noting that this statement doesn't just apply to wwe but broadly addresses pro wrestlers as well and that's true and that will affect other wrestlers but at the same time a lot of these other wrestlers and other companies aren't being restricted or being asked to hand over their shit. So it would be an easier transition for them. WWE has a lot more to lose. You know? Exactly. So, uh, it's not really good. You know? It's not. And it didn't have to be this way. That's the part that's so annoying. Like They have more to lose than they have to gain. It's like, I wonder who's running things over there. <laughs> so Andrew Yang and the Screen Actors Guild president, Gabriel Carteris, uh, basically both have the attention of this situation and uh let me have a look here what they said so basically the quote is it's not the end of the world for her but the ramifications especially right now for wwe making the move right now it's a tricky one because they have people who are looking at them this isn't i guess this must be Melissa. this is an issue that's been around for 40 years now now they get away with it because they're a small company in certain ways and they don't employ a lot of people it's not like fedex you know and fedex which is a bigger company in wwe got hammered on this very same issue but that's because they're bigger stronger company and they're in the public eye wwe really isn't but wwe's completely violating the standards of what of what the difference is i mean it's completely violating it it's not even a, a debatable point i guess some people can debate it but i don't see how you can debate you could tell this melser because of the rambling but anyway uh, he says uh, some people are like they're not going to introduce a new law it has to go through two houses and it's like no you you just have to enforce the code that's already there somebody should go look which is a valid point this isn't about making a new law this is about them getting busted on an existing one you know and that's why this can happen faster they can literally wake up to the situation you know they really exactly. should think about, like why did they do this you know what I mean because like it it's once whatsoever. again the mentality with their booking spread even further if we can't take credit for it we don't want it to be here yeah which is very foolish and andrew yang um basically like i said he he's in the crosshairs when it comes to this kind of stuff you know and he basically talked about how uh a lot of those pro wrestlers can join the screen actors guild you know he said the pro wrestlers joining sag after makes a lot of sense to him because they they star in some of the highest rated shows on tv each week so they would fit into that category, which puts them under Andrea's umbrella. I hate to keep calling her that, but <laughs> it makes it makes it, more it, intimate. It's it puts on the Gabriel. Who she is? Like, was on the Gabriel's umbrella, which uh, yeah, that's the last thing that they're gonna want to do. And the sad part is, at this point, let's be real. There's nothing they can do about it anymore. 
it's just a matter of when. It's like we said, what, maybe a month ago, they should have just left it alone, just quietly crept away. No, they kept pushing it. And that's not good because we, we talked about the not, that if they would have stopped then before it was too late, that it would have worked better for them. But no, they had to keep going. And here's the reality. There's an old phrase. Every force has an echo. Guess what? They're about to get hit with one hell of an echo. Yeah. No, they really are. There's no questioning that. Like I said, it's it's really sad, though. You know what I mean? That at the end of the day, they really, on a corporate level, they've become a really shitty place. Yeah. it's you know? It's gotten to the point, and I'm almost depressed as a wrestling fan to feel this way, but my favorite companies aren't even the places with the best wrestling anymore. It's the people, it's the places where the guys are just, the boys and girls in that locker room are just being treated like they deserve to be treated. Yeah. Like, this is the only company where you're hearing about this stuff. Hell, CZW doesn't even treat the guys as fucking bad. Yeah, they have them wrestle with light tubes, fire, and everything else under the sun. But I guarantee when they go into that locker room, they don't have to worry about somebody trying to take ownership of their shit. Yeah. Like, how how is this the one company that doesn't understand that concept? You have to keep your people happy. Because at the end of the day, if your people are happy, they're going to want to they're going to want to stay there. Whereas now you have a situation where there's places to go. (laughs) Yeah, well, this is going to be an interesting next year for them. That's for sure. Yeah. And uh, WWE, according to Wrestling Observer, they they uh they apparently told some superstars that are going through contract negotiations that uh the old way that they used to tour isn't coming back. Even when the cove, even when the cove is gone and there's a vaccine and we're all cured, WWE, <laughs> they've basically decided that uh they're not going to be going back to that touring schedule anymore. They saved a lot of money, um, not having that. And they have no interest in doing it anymore. So rest in peace, house shows. And we're also hearing that uh, there are people who are upset with that, you know, that are like going to not no longer before before they were working four nights a week, you know, and traveling all over the country and having to pay for hotels. But now they're working one day a week and they have a lot of time off. Um, So they're trying to figure out ways to make money and then uh, augment that money. And then they're going to try to come and take that money. So you're not going to make your house show money, but you have all this spare time. So it's kind of like they just want to control people on all that new off-air time that they're going to have. And um, like I said, it's going to be interesting how the, how the week unfolds. Because even uh, even according to Wrestling Observer, they were saying that a lot of the people in AEW make more money than than the ones in, that are in NXT at the very least. So uh, I don't know. Like I said, they put themselves in a really tough spot. An easily avoidable tough spot. Yeah. Very tragic. So we spoke about the fact that there was going to be another talk in Shopamania. For those who don't notice that, that's that weird pay-per-view that Gallows and Anderson did. Um, They're going to be doing another one there. It's messed up, though, because Randy Orton, for no reason whatsoever, he threw that whole thing under the bus. He, uh, because he has nothing else to fucking do with the day. He tweeted, and this is a savage tweet. He said, I would rather wrestle Great Khali and Nathan Jones in a two-on-one handicap match than order this joke pay-per-view that shits on the business that I have dedicated my life to. Hashtag talking shopamania too. All I'm saying, Randy, is you forget where you work. That shit might happen. What, a two-on-one match with Great Khali and Nathan Jones? We've seen Khali come back once in the past five years. Yeah, Randy Orton doesn't have to wrestle anybody who Randy Orton doesn't want to wrestle. 
you're fucking crazy if you think that they'd make him wrestle the great Kali and Nathan Jones. He'd sooner make them wrestle the great Kali and Nathan Jones. I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure he has a price. <laughs> you, you see Mark Carano out there and you won't know why the fuck is happening. I'm pretty sure fucking Randall has a price, but... Yeah, no, not gonna happen, man. But yes, point, at this point, at this point, uh, we'll get into what we talk about Raw. You give that mother, you, you promise that motherfucker a WWE Championship reign lasting longer than a hundred days, and yeah. I think he'll take it. Yeah, but he can be nasty out of nowhere sometimes. Like he'll like, sometimes show like, the boys in the Indies prop, but there'll be some days where he'll just wake up and I'll look on Twitter and I'm like, damn, that's like, rough okay, too. Like, 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 sorry that some of us want to have some fun, Randy. The only people who ever reply back to him are people who I think have decided that they're never ever going to go the fuck over there. Like I noticed the young bucks aren't scared. You know, they'll oh, young bucks don't give a shit because they know they're not but going over there. Most people like when he drops like a tweet like that, just stay far away from it. You know, it's like if somebody threw a grenade in Halo, <laughs> like everybody's running in a different direction. They know they want to go there. So it's just like, don't say shit. <laughs> yeah. But Which, uh, uh, I know you probably didn't see it. And uh weekly plan, AKA Ashley, what's up? It's kind of funny. We mentioned uh gallows and airs and not to jump into the talking shop, uh, Mania talk, but uh, they had turning point this past Saturday. New champs. I knew that there was a turning point. I didn't know if you wanted to talk about it or not. I didn't watch it, but I I have that results was, in front of me. Is there anything that, you wanted yeah. to talk about with it? Truth be told, those were uh, kind of the biggest things. I mean, all the belts were on the line, but uh, of course, Dion Prazo beat Su Young for the Knockouts Championship. But that was uh for me, that was the biggest thing. The Gallows and Anderson are now the new Impact uh, World Tag Champions. They weren't going over the North. Look at how short Sue Young's title run was. It was just last pay-per-view at uh, freaking Bound for Glory that her and her husband, uh, what's his name? Uh, Rich, uh, Swan, Rich Swan. Both won the, the male and female world titles. And now you're telling me Turning Point just happened and she lost the fucking title already? Which, I mean, I, I guess that was supposed to be Kylie Ray's fate, but uh, I don't know. Yeah, either that or they ch- just changed directions entirely. So you had Eddie Edwards versus the De- Davari. I'm just looking through it here because I'm not going to watch this pay-per-view. Yeah, because Davari um, returned. They did a battle royale. That gauntlet match and Davari returned. They're bound for glory. Eddie goes over. You got Jordan Grace and Tennille Dashwood, a.k.a. Emma, against Rosemary and Taya Valkyrie, with uh, Rosemary um, going over for her team. You got Brian Myers, a.k.a. Uh, Chad Hawkins, a.k.a. Kurt Hawkins, versus Swoggle. Yeah, Swoggle showed up, too. <laughs> oh, dude, the screenshot. I'm looking at the screenshot. I, can I bring this up on the screen here? I have to bring this up. Yeah, we. we <laughs> I'm sorry to hold up the show, but I'm, I just looked at the screenshot. You know, it, I caught for the sake match. of the funny, I think it's okay. Like brawl. <laughs> like I wouldn't want. Like as a wrestler, who's gonna work with a guy who was in this screenshot? Can I get so, this? So, sometimes you need the money. You see that shit? <laughs> that might be the graphic. Yo, Swoggle looks like I'd find him under a bridge right now. Like that might be the fucking graphic. This is your this is your impact wrestling pay-per-view. Good stuff. I'm so fucking proud. Alright, so uh, let's see what the finish was. I'm almost scared to look. Also, Myers hits his clothesline and goes over. Good. I was hoping Swoggle wasn't gonna take him out. You know, glad you nah, could beat nah. him. They 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 let him win over here. Alright, cool. Congratulations. You had, uh, let's see here, Chris Saban against James Storm. Oh, Chris Saban and James Storm against Team XXXL. What the hell yeah, is that? Triple XL, which is uh, Ace Romero and, God, I keep forgetting the other guy's name. 
be against Chris Saban and James Storm. That's an interesting comment. So James Storm's back in Impact. Yeah, came home. Good for him. And Chris Saban and James Storm go over. Uh, what happened after that? You got the X Division Championship. Um, Rohit Raju against, uh, it wasn't decided yet, but who was it? It was someone named uh, Jake? What, fucking Jake Skywalker? Who is this? <laughs> Whatever, but Rohit wins. See, this is this is a dry. Who the fuck are these people? This is some dry shit, you know. Mm-hmm. At least they keep their twitches. Joe Doring makes his but, debut. Uh, oh, Joe Doring. See what I mean? What, who the fuck? Eric Young with, with Eric Young, and he beats up Roji, Ro, Rohit, and oh, the guy's name is Cousin Jake. Oh, not to be confused with regular Jake. You know. Then you get the TNA Championship match: Moose against Willie Mack. This is the TNA World Championship. Is there another title after this? It must be right. This is um, yeah. this is that belt. That right, right. I remember now. Have one Moose. I remember the gimmick. Moose with his with his bullshit title. Um. So what happens here? So Moose won, but apparently, um, because he connects with a bunch of elbows and the ref calls the match, but then Moose winds up. Uh, he doesn't stop, so the ref reverses the decision. So Willie Mack goes over, but that doesn't make him the champion, right? No, no, because the belt wasn't on the line. Gotcha. And then what's this? This is the Impact World Tag Team Championship. The North versus the Good Brothers. Yeah, Ethan Page and Josh uh, Alexander. Yeah, we're hearing that the North is going to be going for anyone who's interested. I believe they're going to be WWE bound. Yep, so that means uh, the days of the North kicking ass are long and over. Yeah, now they'll just be WWE bound instead. But yes, Gallows and Anderson go over here. So now they have the titles and the North will show up. And I'm sure Gallows and Anderson feel no type of remorse about that. They're like, good luck over there, buddies. I have fun. You're gonna be playing with New Day's balls in no time, bro. Yeah, and and George, no, because Bobby's still in hell. Open. I mean WWE. So we get a no DQ Impact Knockoff Championship match: Sue Young against Diana Perazzo, which you already talked about. You already said that uh, Sue Young loses the match here, and Diana Perazzo is the champion. And you get Rich Swan against Sammy Callahan, and uh, what happens at the end of this? I guess Rich Swan goes over. Yeah, he goes over Sammy Callahan, and he retains yeah, his title retains. at least. Look at that, Rich Swan world champion. And there's like two or three people underneath him that I actually know. Oh, okay. All right, that was unexpected. I'm always prepared to talk about something, but yeah, there, there is a, there is turning shit. I mean, turning point. You stupid. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah that's yeah. George mentioned that another one. Uh, the North aren't the only team that's unfortunately going to suffer because uh, Trey, Wes, and uh, Trent, uh, Dez are the the rascals. Are apparently going to NXT, it looks like. Oh, yeah? Yeah, which, that's going to be great for NXT. God helped them if they ever get called up to the other two places, but no, that's going to be a, that's a, that's a hell of a three-person team for NXT to have. Yeah, for sure. All right, well, in other news, Brody Lee, as we, I think we already knew this, but yeah, Brody Lee is officially out with an injury. Yeah, that's where he's been this whole time. Do we know what the hell the injury is? We, there's no the definitive timetable for his return. But holy shit, yeah, did I have, that guy I get injured a lot. Injury is yet. This, this was happening in WWE. That's, that dealt with part of why they weren't pushing this guy. Every time, think about the wires were like dominoes. You know what I mean? And every single time one, one would pop up, the other one would. It was like whack-a-mole. You know, yeah. every single freaking the wires were constantly getting injured. And it's no different here. Like, what did he get injured from? He hardly fucking wrestles. It had to be since something happened in that dog collar match because that was the last time we've seen him. Yeah, it's a little bit. Or maybe, or maybe he worked a dog collar match injured. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I whatever. I like them better as the dork order because that's what they've really become. Yeah, they're they're more entertaining without him. Mm-hmm. 
So apparently Ryan Cabrera proposed to Alexa Bliss. Who's Ryan Cabrera? That is her boyfriend. Okay, who is They've he been besides that? for around a year, I want to say. Who's he besides her boyfriend? He's nothing else? Um, I can't remember what it is he does. But this is the proposal, apparently. Good for you, girl. Good for him more. Exactly. Yeah, well, cool. Good for her. I heard a lot of people on the internet were all upset and stuff. Look, guys, none of you getting laid by Alexa Bliss. You wouldn't even know what the hell exactly. to do with her. Get over Some yourself. Some old fuckers be lucky to be within six feet or calling me tits. Yeah. So Nia Jax has heat. Again. Yeah, what the fuck happened this time? Let's have a look here. What's going on? I'm so sick of her and her bullshit. So she basically went on instagram and she said god wait what and george uh said that ryan career was a pop singer in the early 2000s oh yeah i must have missed it but uh so naya said the the covid vaccine is 90 percent effective after eight months of development when the flu vaccine is 40 percent effective after 70 years of development i'll go with my immune system as it's 99.9 percent effective and then she put up a meme that says god made my immune system and i trust him the most for starters um hmm, interesting okay i want to get a fact check on that if any of you guys out there want to do it for me because i don't have the time for that shit but yeah is the covid vaccine 90 percent effective and the flu vaccine is only 40 percent? because that i'm just saying that would be suspicious that in eight months of development something as deadly as this has a 90 percent effective rate when we count only 40 on the flu please somebody look that up right like wait a minute. he dated ashley simpson back in the day who the fuck's that no, I'm kidding. I was there when they booed her. I was I was there when they booed her. <laughs> I was hoping you'd bring up another memory besides that. Nope, that's my strongest one. I'm not gonna forget you. She's been nilly vanillied into my mind. Oh yeah. Yeah, but I want to fact check on what, what Naya said, because that would be suspicious. You guys got to ask yourselves, and I'm not saying I don't know much about uh, the way that these things work, but if now she's making a good point, as much as people gave her heat for this, if the COVID vaccine was just invented and we're hearing it's 90 percent effective and it's only been tested for eight months and in development and we have a flu that's been around for 70 years that we've been testing, and we only hit 40 percent. How there's something weird about that. It's fucking crazy. And how do we know it's 90% effective? Like, ver- like the whole reason we're able to tell the numbers of the flu the f- vaccine effectiveness is because we're able to look at it from a global fucking scale. The COVID vaccine has been done in very small testing areas based on a small amount of people, not even a fraction of the population. There's no way to mathematically be able to get that kind of a percentage out of that. That's impossible. Yeah. You know I what I mean? I Statistically, there's no, it's not even a matter if you believe or not. Can someone explain to me how you'd be able to get the statistic of 90% effectiveness in the vaccine that's not out yet? You know, I think that might be where the heat's coming from. You see what it's I mean? Like, how do you know? Like, well, I want to know how she knows. Assuming that these are correct facts. Somebody fact check that shit for me. Anyway. So, uh, the dirt sheets are reporting that the reason why Mandy Rose spoiler was removed from Survivor Series is because last week, Nia Jax injured her. She was supposed to take a bump outside of the ring during Raw. She threw her over the top rope, but she fell on her arm wrong. She landed awkwardly. She clenched her arm. She looked like she was hurt. And now this week, 
They're taking her off of the match. Dirt Chiefs were quick to uh, blame Nia. I did see comments contrary that said that Rose, actually Nia Rose, missed the rope grab and landed awkwardly. And that uh, it was her fault. I have to go back and see. I don't know. I kind of hope that uh, it wasn't Nia again. But this could it be looked, one of the reasons. So I saw um, the fall. It looked like it was a lot more Mandy than it was Nia. Because Mandy went out of the ring weird. Right. Like, I like, like literally, from everything I saw from when Nia threw her, Nia threw her like she throws everybody out of the ring. Like, it's just <laughs> that same grab them by the back of the head, come from all the way back and just toss them. Yeah, I mean, I guess what doesn't help them is that they got a bunch of green girls out there, you know? That's probably yeah. one of the bigger problems. And just for the record, uh, Metascape, it looks like it's saying 94.5% efficiency. What? For the COVID the vaccine. Right, so what's the flu one? The flu one? Let me see the flu one. Quick look, but yeah, keep going wild. Yeah, no problem. That real quick. Yeah, I'm just kind of curious. Yeah, it's... Um, yeah, it, it it that looked like it was more Mandy than it was Nia, but unfortunately, I mean, hey, Nia's there. So Yeah, no, that's pretty unfortunate. And it looks like in uh, 2019 it was set at 45% effective. So she has correct information. And uh she <laughs> so, although she was being sarcastic, those are very suspicious numbers. And that's the problem with percentages. They don't tell you the the scale in the percentage. You know, we have a, we can confirm 40% effective flu vaccine which i didn't even realize the number was that low that's not yeah. even half of a fucking chance it works exactly this covid but yeah like 95 percent effective and it hasn't gone out anywhere yet all right exactly. i'll just keep reading information as it comes in you know yeah but yeah they, yeah when it comes to that thing yeah Naya ain't do nothing wrong Naya, Naya did what naya's been doing like it the unfortunate part is and i feel bad for her in this case it can never be the other person with her now like, it can never be the other person took the fall wrong or it was in the wrong position. It always has to be Nia did something. And I think it goes almost back to the always blaming Vince thing. It's the easy thing to blame. Yeah. Like, you got to be objective about this, whether you like her or not. If it's not her fault, it's not her fault. Like, yeah. Not like, Man- Mandy went out of that ring weird. <laughs> you know, and a lot of these girls are, are green as grass. You know what I mean? Like, I hate to say yeah. it, but as dangerous as Nia is, I think she would have bumped better with some of the veterans that are now gone. You know? Notice there's like, a lot of vets that we've never heard of Nia hurting, but yet like, there's there, some of these girls who are green as baby shit. There's no question that some of the spots we've seen when you go back and look, you're like, oh, yeah, well, she threw them rough for everything. And like that definitely that could have been done. But you know what? We've seen those kind of bumps, even with Lita and Trish fighting each other. And like one person didn't just fucking fall to pieces when it happened. Go back and look at some of the Lita and Trish. There were a lot of the time that they took terrible bumps against each other, but it didn't end them. You know what I mean? So we, we, all see the, we all see that famous one of freaking Leah folding up like an accordion for that suicide. Well, that ended her. Like it broke her neck. You know, <laughs> that one definitely did it. But, you know, you know, like there are there are a lot of situations like that where they just take bad bumps. So it's like, I don't know. It's a combination of things. It's just weird. Mandy probably shouldn't be wrestling. Yet. You're right about that. But she's come a long way from someone who shouldn't have been wrestling in the beginning. There's worse out there than her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well. That COVID shit and the whole vaccine, that is very interesting information. We're going to have to revisit that at some point, you know, when when, when the next wave of terror hits. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, more of the story. Stop giving this girl heat, which is no fucking reason. Mm-hmm. Give heat where heat's deserved. Exactly. So it's been reported that a hybrid championship wrestling company in Canada, in Ontario, Canada, they basically announced that uh, they've signed a deal with Amazon Prime and they're going to have 12 events 
on Amazon Prime once it's safe to start having events again. I've never really heard of them before, but Hybrid Championship Wrestling, if you're into that, I have Amazon Prime, so I'm excited. Um, they'll be having whatever events they have from that company will now be aired on Amazon Prime. I'll have to look into the roster. Somebody about to get some new exposure out there. You have to see if there's any familiar people that pass through there. You know, guys, I don't know. Possibly, right? Hey, you never know. Yeah. Uh, tribute to the troops is upon us. Did they talk about it tonight? I don't know. I was half paying attention. They didn't mention it tonight, but they mentioned it. uh, I think on SmackDown. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's gonna be at the Thunderdome. Big spoiler alert there. Uh, and this is gonna be December sixth. What day is December sixth? December sixth. Let me see. Just a sec. I can find that out. So that's like nowhere near now, right? December sixth is a Sunday. They're gonna have a tribute for the troops on the Sunday. I hate okay. the fact that this even came up so fucking soon. Like, why is this even in the news? But whatever. Um, yeah, apparently they said that people that have an NFL uh, game that is at 1 p.m. Eastern, they can watch Tribute to the Troops at 4.30 p.m. Eastern. If you have an NFL game airing at 4 or 5 p.m. Eastern, then you can watch it at 3 p.m. Eastern. So they're very careful to make sure that you don't miss this Tribute to the Troops. Not exciting news at all. I know. I know. Sometimes yeah, I mean, it's McCurcy gets there and they just decided just to not do it last year. So. Yeah, pretty much. All right, guys. Well, let's get into the weeklies. Unless there's something else that you wanted to talk about, Dustin. I'm pretty much ready for the weeklies here to go over the results and stuff. Yeah, that was uh, pretty much it. Time for the weeklies. Okay. One thing I did want to bring up, I want to talk about AEW Dark, is that uh, Devon's kids are going to be debuting in AEW Dark, I believe, tomorrow, right? Yep. TNT. Devon's boys, finally, um, they will be having their first match, I believe, against uh, Chaos Project, uh, Luther and Serpentico. Interesting. Yeah, I remember seeing them in different angles before this happened, you know? Hey, good for them. Boys made it. Absolutely. All right. So in AEW Dark, I didn't watch this, but apparently, who the hell's Max Caster? He came rapping down to the ring during Dark. This is news for some reason. Max Caster. Yeah. Wow, I must have, I'll I take must have little, missed this. Yeah, because you don't watch Dark. Who the hell does? Take care of that. Do you have orange wrist tape? No, you don't. He said white. No, here we go. The acclaimed top of the chain. So I've never pulled it. I didn't Yo, you looking too ugly to even kiss. Yo, <laughs> my name is Max. This is Anthony. We are the acclaimed. Everything you plan to be. Wow. Wow. Okay. All right. This track before the that match. Okay. Interesting. I mean, everything rhymed, so. Oh, very good. He didn't stutter. Yeah. Definitely the John Cena infringement right there. <laughs> the same exact gimmick, but I mean, if it works for the guy. Only thing would have been better if the other guy would have grabbed the mic and went, boo, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, as interesting as that was, it's time to talk a little bit about AEW Dynamite. You know, you could talk about what you want. I'm going to talk about what I want, shit that stood out to me. Uh, Brian Cage had a pretty in- good match against Matt Seidel. I like the finish where he caught him off the top into that drill claw. It's Solid call stuff. nasty. Uh, I can't stop complaining about Cody Rhodes' long intro. It's a New Japan Pro Wrestling intro. It has that little beginning. Yeah. Oh. It, it's like a Wrestle Kingdom level intro. Like, oh. like what the fuck? You know what I mean? Like, like, dude, come on. You know what it is? 
it wouldn't bother me if that was just like okay every pay-per-view he breaks that one out but not, not the tv <laughs> it it's just it just doesn't suit him you know yeah. uh so then cody basically says that he's not seeking a rematch with darby and that instead he wants a match with mjf but then he's interrupted by a woman who appears in the ring her name is jade cargill right yes this is a new signee that they've brought into the company uh so they bring her in i believe she was uh, trained by heath slater cody how dare you sit here and lie to our prestigious aew audience To everybody at home wondering, my name is Jade Cargill. And I'm the total package, baby. You see, I've been sitting on the sideline week after week studying my competition and you Cody Rhodes the American Nightmare the Prince of Pro Wrestling I think one week I heard you say you were the giant killer Cody, what do you know about giants? There is nothing giant about you. How would she know that? And then the other thing about it, I've been hearing all over the internet that she was good on on the mic. She's not that good. She sounds like she's reading. And she sounds nervous. Statements like yours. That's an echo. It's just Loud weird. Enough. You can tell she's actively trying to remember her lines. So the next time you feel the need to think out loud, I suggest you keep that shit to your... Ooh. They got to say shit on TNT. You watch your back, giant killer. I am nothing to be played with. All right, Tony, don't say what you're thinking. Normally I don't, but... What is is she talking about, giant killer? Oh, and by the way, congratulations on your name. It's been riveting, but... But I guess you didn't have the balls to go by one name. Bam. That giant that you were talking about, oh, he's the real star. And you know what his name is? Shaq. What? No way. No fucking way. The Shaq. Like, come on, man. All that build up for that bullshit. 
And he does have more than one name. His full name is Shaquille O'Neal. You just call him Shaq for short. So her statement is actually like invalid. That's an invalid point right there. I mean, you know what the bad part about it is? Literally, my first thought was as long as he actually fucking wrestles, I don't care. I care. I'm just so fucking fed up with everything. Because, I mean, it's just like we saw, we've seen Shaq come back, what, 87 times? And he's feuding with the big show, 86. Like, eh. At this point, like, if it ends in an actual match, I'm just like, who? Different. But. Yeah, and then Brandy, they didn't put it in the clip, but then Brandy comes on. She goes and she transforms into full ultra black stink. <laughs> you know where Goku has ultra instinct? Well, that was <laughs> ultra black stink. Wow, I just caught that. <laughs> like she was, she gave it to her. She so, was nasty. You know the funny part about it is? I hear so many people like, oh, she was just faking it. She was just, I'm going to tell you something about black women, all right? They got two speeds. There's professional and then there's ratchet. All right. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a flip of the switch. Yeah, she was ready to fight. She was going to, she, they need to, you know what? Didn't she have like someone who she was tagging with on AW Dark? Um, is it red? I think it's red velvet. Red velvet, right? I'm starting to suspect that they only hired red velvet so that she can hold Brandy's earrings. Right? <laughs> That would have be been great. Like, if she would have been out there behind her and they would have done the whole, hold my earrings and shit, take off her shoes, hold Yo, her earrings and shit. You know what? That, <laughs> oh my God. I just, it just hit me. It just hit me. That could be the equivalent of Carnegie pulling the strap down. Yeah. Oh God. Red Velvet's got the earrings. <laughs> Once a girl takes off her earrings on you or her shoes or anything like that, you can never trust her again, even if you become friends. Yeah, because at that point, you understand, like, it's, she, she is ready. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so what else that happened? Then basically, uh, she slaps Brandy, so it's kind of like, you know. She slapped the fuck out of Brandy. She got up in there. She... Yeah, she definitely wanted to see if she could get the ratchet off of her. Right, you know, and then Brian Cage comes, he power bombs Cody. He's like, it's probably like my last chance to be the big man in this storyline. <laughs> Darby comes down. He's wearing a fucking thumbtack jacket. That was cool. I <laughs> You know, and I was thinking to myself. My favorite... Yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that. I was thinking to myself that, uh, man, this is really great. You know, we got Cody. He's out there. You know, you got Brandy who's taking some bumps and shit. You got Darby who came to the rescue, but it's just not enough. Like, these guys are still outnumbered. You know, it's just the numbers are too great. What can fucking turn the tides? And lo and behold, man, Will fucking Hobbs shows up oh, to team yeah. with Cody and Darby. Whenever we're short a number, that guy is there, right? He's like <laughs> he's I'll like the ready. Jason David Frank of AEW. Right? Once you show up, Will Hobbs is ready. To he go. pops up later on and you're like, Yeah, Will Hobbs. So happy. Oh, but as far as Jade Cargill goes, apparently it's been reported that she was a model. She had a WWE trial in twenty nineteen, but they didn't sign her. Uh so whoops. And she trained with A.R. Fox. She was in his school. And then afterwards, she went to Heath Slater School and trained there. Now she's in QT Marshall School in Georgia. Well, she's well-trained. Those are there. Well, A.R. Fox, that's a hell. I think uh, my buddy Fletch, Fletch Malone, was also trained by uh, A.R. Fox. So Yeah, that's a- yeah, I've seen A.R. Fox in action many a time. Very, very good. A fantastic athlete. Mm-hmm. So uh, Moxley did an interview, but I couldn't hear shit because their audio is crazy they have this weird echo did you hear that like they gotta cut the mic feed that's going to the ring that's amateur shit yeah. did, you, did you hear that too i heard it too and i was like wait a minute is that like, what i think it is like, like that's amateur shit boys you know what i mean like like what are we doing here it just put me off and, and i'm not trying to be a snob but shit like that just puts me off to the product you know like uh 
I don't know, like very disappointed. I'm going to bring this up just so you guys could fucking hear like how this sounded. So it's just not me nitpicking here. I could get the right timestamp. Was it like a 34 or so? Okay, so here we go. But beating Kenny Omega once is one thing. Oh. Beating Kenny Omega twice, that takes somebody really... Turn off the feed, kind of like, the, the, this shit you can do. I'm the greatest pro wrestler on this planet right now. I create magic in that ring. You also create echoes. It sounds like when you're in a crowd, like a baseball game. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll be able to make sure that's the only time that shit ever happens. Yeah. So they had this bunkhouse match or whatever that the Rhodes family versus Butcher and Blade and Blondie or whatever fucking. Uh, I just wasn't emotionally invested in it, you know. Like I don't know why this is a feud or why this is even a thing, but uh, it just I don't know. What is your thoughts on these guys feuding with each other? I mean, at this point, with, with specifically, it's, it's, I haven't seen Dustin lately. I mean. It, the, the feud's kind of just out of nowhere. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely right with you there. I don't really mind it, though. I mean, it's given fucking Dustin and QT something to do, because I think they've been on dark tagging together for like the past like two months. But this match was a... Uh, this was some shit. This, I guess apparently the reason it's called a bunkhouse match is it's basically like an old term from like way back in the old days of wrestling of like when they have shit like this go down. I mean, it was violent. It was bloody. QT got that elbow drop off the ladder. Bunny goes through a table, but the shitty cameraman misses the bump. But at least we, we get that moment for JR to call her a Jezebel, I suppose, if anything good happens to it. <laughs> What's the last you know? time he calls somebody a Jezebel? You know, the natural nightmares go over Blade with a cowbell bump into an ace cutter. Um, that being said, the one thing that stood out to me, unfortunately, was Dustin Rhodes must have done the ugliest fucking uh, code red I've ever seen in my life. If you don't believe me, I'm going to bring it up just so that you could see, because I don't know what happened, Dustin. You're known for that shit, but watch this. You do these way better. Just look at the way he flops here. <laughs> oh. oh, Lord. So whatever. You can't win them all there. Uh, what else happened? You had the 2020 Inner Circle induction ceremony, where, where which is also Jericho's birthday. So they do a birthday celebration. MJF celebrates his birthday, and then he announces that they were going to Vegas next week on him. And uh, unfortunately, Sammy wasn't there because Sammy was on the beach because he didn't get the second email from MJF indicating that the plans had changed and that it was back at fucking where it always would be at that time. So I don't see how he would have tricked him <laughs> into going into the beach. We're hearing rumors that this is all a, a, a storyline to turn Sammy Guevara into a babyface. Uh, That's what I've been kind of hearing a little bit here and there. No, just let it be the way it is for now. Too soon, uh, too soon, man. Just let everything stay. Like, if they're going to do that, drag that one for a while, because you can't just babyface. But, I mean, they've shown with the Omega and uh, Hangman thing, they can drag some shit for a while, so we'll see what happens. Mm -hmm. Young Bucks versus Top Flight. Who the fuck? Top Flight? Let me see if I remember who these guys were. This was actually uh, this was a this is a team that's been on dark, I believe, yeah, so, quite several times. So this is one of their first appearances on on Dynamite. Yeah, see what I mean? Like it's just weird. They shouldn't be facing the Young Bucks just like that. Sean Spears and Scorpio Sky have a match. Two guys that they don't know how to use anyway. They're always underutilized, but there they are. Scorpio, I understand because he's a black hole of charisma. He's never really been able to get over as far as personality, but Sean Spears has. I don't know what went wrong there, but uh, there they are. They have a match. Uh, what's her name? Uh, Conti, Taya, Taya Conti. Yeah, yeah. She has yeah. a match against or Red Velvet. The, the, she has a match against Red Velvet, the earring holder. And, uh, 
Like J.R. Tony said, Taya is a little too dramatic at the two counts. I go back and watch that match. She's green as turtle shit, man. Like, one of the things that stands out to me is, like, every time there was a two count and a kick out, she would, like, fucking sell it. Like, if someone just kicked out of her second finisher. And at one, and it got annoying because she would do it for every bump. She could hit, like, just a minor bump and go for a two count. And she would look up, her eyes would be wired, her jaw would be dropped. And it got to the point that, that, you know, JR was just like, you know, she needs to calm down, you know, and then you hear Tony go, yeah, a little too dramatic. Yeah, she, she's it's always like, been a little too much. She's, it's like, learn how to, how to sell. You know, you do, you save that selling for when they kick out of your big high level shit. Not, not every time. You see, and this is what I mean about these girls. Just basic stuff like that, that they should know. Cause as JR and Tony were talking about, I was thinking, I'm like, why do, like a couple times, cause she gets in a few offensive strikes and a few sequences and then there's a cover and they kick out. And of course, then she has that look, but then she does like one more thing and does it again. And then she does another. And it was like, Jesus, she doesn't know what the fuck she's doing. You know? Um, they're definitely pushing her as a baby face though, because Anna Jay's out there with the dark, not with the dark order, but member of the dark order. She's trying to slide Conti a chair, but she winds up sliding that chair back out because she wants to win on her own. And she does. She does the gory special into that, that knee. It was an awkward match, but, uh, you know, she manages to go over. Yeah. Uh, then you get another Penta versus Phoenix match. Yeah, a rematch. Yeah, with, uh. You wouldn't have thought these two were brothers away this shit when. Yeah, Penta goes over with like that. Well, what the hell was that? Uh, it was basically, um, <laughs> I believe it was the second or third package pile driver. Yo, I, so. No, it wasn't. Let me show you guys. I'm going to bring it up on the screen. Yeah, just so you could take a look here. Oh, I know. The mask of Ray Phoenix very nearly being torn off there by Penta El Cerro Miedo. Well, Andy, what's your agenda for these dudes? They're so they're a great team. A bad are they going to be more in teams, or do you get the, are there are there plans for them to do more of these single matches? Look, bottom line is, as long as they follow me, they're good. They're good to go. As long as they follow me, I don't care if they fight each other or anything. As long as they follow me, they will be champions, just like myself. I thought it was I around here. They're so divided because of you, Eddie. Look, it's and, not and my you... fault. I pointed out certain things to them that they... right the ankles. I'm back to had a better chance had a better chance of beating Kenny. I'm oh. just putting that out there. Okay. Yeah, Shivani, that's a little clickbait for you. Okay, I like that. Ray Phoenix building up ahead of steam. Penta it was sends crazy. him oh, over the top. Oh, it was like a yeah, you're right, pile man. driver submission type deal that he did at one point that I was trying to find. Oh, yeah, that wasn't the finish. Though. He did that in the middle of the match. But, yeah, he because he yeah. hit him with uh, multiple uh, package pile drivers during this match. I yeah. think one even um, on the apron. Yeah, but Which, whatever that move was was what I was looking for because I thought that was pretty innovative. Yeah, that that was that was definitely one of the highlight moves of the match. But um, this was the first time I think I've seen them fight each other. Here it is. Here it is. Look, look. I'm a more, I'm more of a Mark Bavaro fan, but you know, of course you are. See, look at that. Geez, look how this this That's standing crazy. submission hold bending his brother nearly God. in half. It's almost like a standing uh, condo right? clutch there, reversal. Good lord, uh, reverse, right? uh, Texas Cloverleaf. Like, you don't know about right leading there, people, right? Shivani. Oh, look at this. Wow. Reverse. Yeah, there's some cool sequences with these guys, you know? Yeah, Um. this was the first time I think, at least to my knowledge, to my knowledge I've seen them fight each other since Lucha Underground. And that is a level of being you can only get from two brothers. Yeah. Uh, I love that. One of the things that was actually very dramatic at one point in the mask and the match you'd seen, uh, Phoenix actually had his mask torn by a uh, Pentagon and then Phoenix wound up doing the same. So the match got very brutal 
as this thing went on, but it was absolutely off the walls. Yeah, how disrespectful that these guys are taking each other's masks off and shit, you know? So the thing with with the lucha with the luchador culture, it's one thing like with, like they they built fuse around literally completely removing the mask, but yeah, like the tearing of the mask is more of like it, it it's the equivalent of like a, of like taking the glove off and slapping you in the face. It's a dig, but it's like a dig with an extra bit of salt in the wound. Yeah, but it's definitely you have some exposed faces out there for that. So you know, yeah. right, is well. there? It, it's um. I believe from what I've heard of some people, it's a signification that the match is going to be a lot more violent than a normal one. Mm-hmm. So it's like, gotcha. so like amongst the luchador tradition, when you see Phoenix's mask get ripped, you understand this match is going to get extremely violent before it's over. Gotcha. Well, Penta goes over and then Kingston being an, a bastard, he kicks Phoenix out of the ring. He's kind of like, you don't need your brother. Like you don't yeah, need him he's, anymore. He's kind of playing favorites with these two. Yeah, like that was like that was kind of shitty. But then we get uh we get a bit of a of a surprise somewhat yeah. because uh Pac returns. Wait a minute. Are you Is this a Wait, joke? No, this kid We Oh my god! The bastard Pac has returned! Pac is back on AEW Dynamite! Away. Look at him! Look at his face! <laughs> well, welcome back, buddy. Eddie, Eddie Kingston! <sighs> Did you think I'd be gone forever, huh? <sighs> well, bad news, scumbag. The bastard's back, and you have made a very, very big mistake. Pack! Ripknock's trying to hold him back. Here come up the referees. Don't... Pack is ready to fight. Yeah, grab him. Come on. He's been gone for all the right reasons back at his home in, in England. But this is the second time Pack has involuntarily had to step That's just away weird because when he left that, that and he is well, what they called it in Death Triangle, they he were here. to get his hands on Kingston. Pack yeah. thought so he was wrong. <laughs> all right. Now he's going to push him as a baby face, I guess? That I we have for next week, Pac will make his return to the ring. He will go up against I the blade of like Eddie really like How about that for a one-on-one matchup? Pac will yeah. return in the ring wrestling well, next week be interesting to see the what they decide to do with that. For those who don't know, the reason that they're keeping them separated is because at this time, Eddie's still not medically cleared. Right. So they pretty much don't want him like actually getting any physical contact. But yeah, like... I like that um because Eddie slick in a slick way called out Pac and Pac had mentioned I think in a vignette last the week before about the fact that like he kind of referred to when WWE just kind of pushed him to the side. It's not the first time he's been isolated before. Yeah. Yeah. Good to have him back though. Mm-hmm. Well, that is AEW in a nutshell. Ending their week off. Now we switch over to the competition with NXT this past Wednesday with Gargano and his rigged wheel. Because Gargano decides he wants to bring out a rigged wheel for his North American championship. The cartoons continue because of Gargano. And what a, what a miracle. It's Leon Ruff who fucking winds up going over Gargano with a crucifix pin. Half thanks to Damian Priest's interference. Leon Ruff. has come a long way, boy. Yo, Johnny Gargano ain't allowed to win titles no more. How the fuck you do with Leon Ruff, bro? I don't know. I don't know what they're doing here. And then I love that this. This was amazing. Leon is celebrating with Priest at the top of the ramp. 
I don't know if you have footage of this, but if not, it's okay. Uh, he has the belt around his waist, and he's holding it, and Priest holds his arms up. Belt just fucking falls. Uh, I'm sure I have footage of everything. It's a matter of me finding where the hell it would be. Let me see if I could. Uh... Like he, it's it, it, it's like he bought the pants six sizes too big. Them bitches just. <laughs> you took him at the top of the ramp. Yeah, <laughs> it was amazing. I've never seen. I never even thought that was possible. Yeah, I could get you that. Like this was nuts. Like damn, Leon, man, you came a long way, homie. Complete disbelief. The whole world is in complete disbelief. <laughs> Damien Priest with Leon Ruffin. That's hilarious. Where there is a wheel, there is a way. Leon Ruff has shocked the world as the new NXT North America. That is great, right? <laughs> that was, oh my God. Yeah, that was too funny. Yeah, that was interesting. I don't like stuff like that all the time, you know. But that but was just definitely like, but interesting. That moment made it okay. That made it funny. But yeah, yeah, yeah. John, John York ain't only allowed to win titles no more. I like this exchange with him and Damian Priest. Oh, I feel, I feel so good. I mean, I gotta got come. Look, congratulations. I know this is great and everything, but just know this: little Johnny's gonna come through that curtain, pissed off, and he's gonna kick your ass. So do me a favor here. Black Challenger, take it and go. Go, go. <laughs> it was incredible. It was incredible. That is fucking so good. <laughs> he gave, take my car and get the fuck out of here, man. That was cool. I like that. I like that we went from dark, evil punishment Martinez to now Damian Priest, who could actually make you laugh. Yeah, no, it's a lot of fun. Amazing. Oh, oh my God, that was great. It was so worth it just for that moment. Mm -hmm. So Jake Atlas took out Joaquin Wilde with a pipe following up from taking out Raul Mendoza last week. He did this backstage. But to be honest, I'm not sure what the point is in having an angle where he takes them out one week at a time only for both of them to be at ringside for the match and to have to be sent to the back. Wasn't his whole, wasn't Atlas's whole strategy? Look, I'm going to take out Mendoza's goons so that he's by himself. Yeah, realize that, man. But he, he took one out last week, and he took one out just before the match. And they were both there. And they were just fucking both there. Like, wait a minute. He like, even like, went as far as to go one down, one to go. And then he got the other one. It was like two down. And then they were both there. Like, wait a minute. Like, they fucking say Phoenix. You know? <laughs> At least he comes out on top with that attempted uh, cartwheel DDT, but then Escobar winds up catching him out of it. And what was it? Into the, uh, into the underhook driver? Yeah. Yeah. So, whatever. Any thoughts on that? I mean, yeah, the, the truth be told, that was the only thing that kind of bothered me. Like, I would have understood it if at least Raul would came out because it's like, okay, he's had a week, but like, you just whooped DJZ's ass. Why is he already there? Mm -hmm. Dexter Loomis had a my painting moment, right? Oh my god, you read my mind because that's exactly what I thought. Who was it that knocked into his painting again? He had a painting backstage, zombie it was, artwork. Uh, it was Thatcher. Yeah, yeah, Timothy Yeah, yeah, they're, they're building a few between him and Timothy Thatcher right now. Yeah. Shotzi had a passionate promo, because now she has no tank on Veterans Day. Oh, she didn't <laughs> She didn't say that. That's just the twist I put to it. I didn't think about that. I, I thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> that is fucking what 
have the the weirdest Zaylee. I don't even realize the WWE realizes how racist they can be sometimes. But we have the weirdest Zaylee shit going on because she because uh she's supposed to face Raquel Gonzalez, but instead uh that guy Boa comes out as the messenger and literally Raquel Gonzalez kills the messenger. She's beating him all over the place. But then afterwards, some some I don't know. Did you see that like all over the Thunderdome, some dragon shit started flying all over the screen? I saw that. You did see that, right? Let me I see. I should, I'm surprised I should have more of these things prepared. Let me see if I can fucking find this, man. This was... I, I don't even know what this was. Stupid. That's what it was. So yeah, she leaves after she beats the hell out of Boa. But then watch this shit. Tell me how... Boa's been completely demolished. Oh, Noah. Certainly for Boa, one's got to... I can't believe Watch this shit, man. So fucking horrendous. And then look at that. That old Asian man comes out of the mist. And this guy looks shocked to see him and shit, right? He doesn't know what's going on. And he pulls out the paper. This guy's bowing and shit. some symbol on him you see what this is this is horrendous it's so it's so bad that i'm enjoying it this is fun what a piece of shit why would you give something that important to someone who just got his ass kicked seconds before you got out of here in months you could you should have came and saved him with that dragon look at that he can barely contain the power of whatever he's holding in his hands i never thought i'd be seeing this kind of shit in wwe again <laughs> you didn't <laughs> look at this look at this trying to get the <laughs> I can't even but yeah that that should threw that other dude into the Dexter Loomis painting Candace cheats going over Tony Storm and then Shotzi and Indy Hartwell wind up coming out and they have a big fight there and Indy Hartwell's revealed to be the person behind the mask like we didn't like we didn't know the mask was a shitty idea anyway they could have done something better than the screen mask but because we're a corny company we got to do corny things so that was one of the corny things that they did but that was the big revelation that we all kind of knew about and figured out about this entire time that had happened congratulations there is your big fucking revelation Ta-da! yeah the revelation that she is okay she's not sick anymore yeah well you know screen masks don't protect you Damn. So we have Brazango versus Lorcan and Bird for the tag titles. Um, and I definitely popped when Drake Maverick came out and they, and 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 almost cost them the titles, you know. But the heels wind up taking everyone out, and then, and then McAfee uh makes use of being a punter, ironically, when they drape uh Maverick across the commentary table so that he can do literally a punt kick. Yeah, it's basically becoming his finisher at that punt. Yeah. What else happened in Dynamite? I mean, I'm not, I'm not dynamite. Oh, <laughs> there were no dragons on dynamite, sir. All right. <laughs> anyway, what, what? That was that was pretty much it. Yeah, that was. Was that the end? I don't even remember. That was the end, right? Yeah, yeah. The tag title match was the main event. Jeez. 
Where AEW Dynamite did 600, well, I'm sorry, 764,000 views versus NXT 632,000 non Halloween Havoc views. Sorry, but those one-offs are the only time that they ever win. Uh, AEW yeah. did their usual .32 in the 18 to 49 demographic versus NXT's usual .16. Half as usual. The, the yeah. scores are the same. At the, I told it, you guys it, months ago, nobody, and I remember people even messaged me and, and was saying that I was being too close-minded. I told you that whatever we, there's a general rhythm that's going to be the rest of this journey. And there it is. You know? Yeah, so. it, it's it's like I've said before. At this point, you might as well call AEW the winners because if NXT doesn't roll out a takeover esque episode, they don't win. Mm-hmm. They do not win. They have not won without a special episode. They're never going to win without a special episode. So raise the hand. AEW is the fucking victor. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Now, for the first time in weeks, we don't have New Japan to discuss, at least for the immediate future. And this lets me bring you guys up to speed on the results of the Ring of Honor Pure tournament, which I've been meaning to do. We're going to cover the whole thing now so we don't have to worry about it anymore. And then from next week forward, we'll be covering the regular Ring of Honor weeklies. Uh, that being said, we last left off going into the Ring of Honor October 9th, David Finley versus Jay Lethal. Finish here being Lethal Injection with Lethal Advancing. You get a Vincent promo. I don't know what the fuck he was talking about. Um, I guess during the time we hadn't been watching that shitty kingdom must have broken up, but Vincent having a yeah. promo. Matt Taven takes out Vincent. Good, I guess. Just wish someone would have then come out and taken out Matt Taven. But yeah. you, know, you can't win them all. Um, but he removes the ring man. He winds up hitting Vincent with a reverse DDT and the exposed wood. And then they, Taven hits him with a top rope frog splash through the table into Vincent. So. Yeah, Vin- Vincent's almost adopted like this, like, Bray Wyatt-esque style of uh, promos. Of course. Why not? Matt said, though... Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, yeah, it kind of fits him. Yeah. Matt said, those match against Jonathan Gresham with Gresham tapping Seidel in the surfboard ankle lock. Oh. This fucking Jonathan Gresham is ridiculous. Yeah, very good. Worthy of the name Octopus. Ring of Honor October 16th has Fred Yehai against Tracy Williams. Hot sauce Tracy Williams with the finish being Williams hitting Yehai with a dragon sleeper in the ropes. He was out of rope breaks, which was interesting because Tracy Williams and Yehai both wind up having to use all three rope breaks during this. Yeah, that was so. a tense moment because it's now it's like, okay, nothing can save you anymore. Mm-hmm. There's no way to do it. Like the next it. time you get caught in no man's land, that's it. Mm-hmm. They do a little bit more EC3 debut foreshadowing where he talks about his beliefs and loved ones and politicians and all the different systems of control there are in the world. Um, later on backstage, Shane Taylor confronts EC3 and, and notes to him that when he was mentioning all of the greats that he didn't mention him. And uh, he basically tells EC3 to make sure that he wipes his feet before he comes into his house. And the Briscoe show up and they're like, what do you mean your house? And they sort of align themselves with EC3 against Shane Taylor and his two guys. I don't know who the hell they are. But apparently Shane Taylor has both started jogging and made friends because uh, it was different from the last time I saw him in Ring of Honor. He looks good. <laughs> he looks good. Mm-hmm. Josh Woods against PJ Black with the finish being Josh Woods tapped PJ Black with the ankle lock. Ironically, because PJ Black went into this match bragging about how a match where you have uh, the three rope breaks and he knows so many different holds and he winds up being the one tapping to a hold. So Josh Woods advances. This brings us to October 23rd Ring of Honor. Jonathan Gresham against Josh against uh, Josh Woods, which uh, Gresham goes over with an inside cradle. Uh, also, Gresham uses that octopus lock with the rapid elbows that Nigel and Danielson used to win that title. So, uh, yeah, kind of a shout out to uh, the days of old. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Matt Taven was supposed to have a match in this episode, but Vincent ambushes him, and then Vincent puts Taven through a through a table with, via purple ladder swanton. I'm guessing that used to be his ladder or something, and there's history to the ladder, but uh, that's what happens. Uh, what else do we have here? Tracy Williams, Hot Sauce Tracy Williams, finally against Jay Lethal. This surprised me because the finish is Lethal. First of all, and I've complained about this for years on here, but Lethal telegraphed the shit out of that final Lethal Injection, calling out Lethal Injection. You even hear... Uh, and commentary say you know you don't do that with him and uh, with no rope breaks left he gets tapped out in a cross face um throughout this match williams has a bum shoulder that he's suffering with throughout and uh lethal does take advantage of this even though there's honor between the two guys um tracy manages to have a cool spot thanks to this storyline he hits a one-armed pile driver causing lethal to use his third and final rope break which is pretty much what tells the story for the end of this match um, the cutter into the lethal injection is what causes Tracy to have to use his third and final rope break. So it comes down to that clench moment where neither one of them has it before yeah. before that was done. Very well done. I, Very solid. I like how at this point in the tournament, they're starting to introduce you to that level of tension when you know nobody has any rope breaks left. Because mm-hmm. they, 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 they let you know it was there, but they never like actually expose you to that moment. Because I know when, it, when, they, when everybody lost their rope breaks, I'm like, oh, shit. Like this, <laughs> this is going to be this make or break now. Mm-hmm. That brings us to Ring of Honor October thirtieth. This was uh the final pure match. They wouldn't they didn't even have two matches like they usually did. The first match was actually the Briscoes along with EC three against uh Shane Taylor and his guys with the Shane Taylor guys going over. And then that brings us to the main match, which was uh Hot Sauce Tracy Williams against Jonathan Gresham, with Jonathan Gresham going over here and tapping Tracy Williams. Yeah, and Jonathan Gresham is now not only one half of the World Tag Champions with Jay Lethal, but he's now the Pure Champion. Yeah, so we're going to have more Pure matches to look forward to in the future, and that's going to be fun. And uh, yeah, now from here on, the Pure Tournament itself, we should be getting some regular Ring of Honor stuff, which we're going to start going over with you guys in the weeks to come. So you got that to look forward to. Yeah, very much deserved, though. Mm hmm. All right, so we're going to be wrapping up with the poll and the results and all of that other stuff here. We're getting close to the end, folks. Believe it or not. So, uh, first and foremost, SmackDown. Just going to go over quick stuff. I'm not going to sit here and, you know, sh- go over everything with SmackDown. But you had the Roman Reigns, uh, Jey Uso, Drew McIntyre segment because Drew McIntyre winds up showing up here, you know, making a bit of a cameo, uh, because he bit, and which kind of gave away to what was going to happen tonight because Drew's basically telling Roman, look, you're not going to have to worry about Randy Orton because I'm taking him out. Uh, and, uh, Jay winds up getting in Drew's face, and later on, Roman gives him shit for that, right? Because he's like, I wrote oh, this God, in his shit. Time. He gets really angry. This new Roman is very aggressive. Uh, what else happens? Zane goes over Cruz, retaining that icy title using Toro Yano bullshit. <laughs> uh, Gable tries to recruit Otis into Alpha Academy, which I guess this is going to be what their workout thing. Yeah. The Mysterios finally welcome Murphy into the family, which from what I'm hearing, this is the end of the storyline between Rey Mysterio and Seth Rollins because of the fact that in a couple of weeks, beginning of December, Becky Lynch is due to give birth. And I guess Rollins is going to be taking time off for a while, probably coming back at the beginning of next year. So that's Yeah, Survivor that. Series is going to be uh, when is basically his departure. Yeah, so they're sort of wrapping up all the Seth Rollins storylines right now. And uh, Murphy was welcomed into the family. Yeah, after a no-hold-barred match between uh, Ray and uh, Seth, Ray hits Mur- um, Murphy hits uh, Seth with a knee, and it winds up basically rolling everything into motion. I like how they did it, though, because uh, Murphy was sitting on the apron, and Ray basically says, you want my approval? This is it. He shakes his hand, tugs him, and I love how even Dominic 
basically shakes his hand too because i know for dominic it was a more personal thing but yeah well yeah, now, the, now the feud will be rollins versus murphy you know, yeah because the they Mysterio's are going, they're going to go at it all this yeah, friday that'll be how they wrap that up you get a fatal four-way match with Natalia Tamina, Liv Morgan, and Chelsea Green making her debut with Liv going over to make it to the Survivor Series team. Chelsea Bre- Green breaks her fucking left wrist during this match. And this is this is especially shitty because this is what happened when she made her NXT debut. Was it the, the wrist? It, yeah, she broke her wrist in her NXT debut. She's going to need to start wearing a fucking power glove. Exactly. Two of them. I don't know if it was the same wrist, but it happened twice, huh? And Britt Baker apparently sent her, uh, what is this here? She sent her what's being called the best care package ever, according to Chelsea Green. Do you know what it is? Oh, God, I don't know. No, I don't know either. I was asking you. I wasn't trying to build that, that this up. That scares me. Oh, well, there it is on the screen. Uh, it has white cheddar puffs, crackers, crispy M&Ms, and laxatives. <laughs> I love the laxatives are there. For a broken wrist? <laughs> Did I miss how wrists work? <laughs> oh, God. I mean, hey, I guess we get, I guess Miralax, when you want to shit so hard, you don't even need to wipe. <laughs> Miralax, when it's time to relax. <laughs> oh, God. Is there Pepto Bismol to the right over there? <laughs> I think that is. And some crunch bars? This is an interesting. Yo, broken wrist must have oh, changed. Power bars. Those anything. are power bars. What the fuck? Okay. Okay. Oh, see, right. the power bars, that makes sense. Okay. Like almost the only thing that makes sense. I just still wonder why the fuck laxatives are. That's the only thing bothering me in this picture. To be clear, people listening who don't have this on the screen, these are not the care packages that drop in Call of Duty. No, not at all. This, you, 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 this, this drops in Cold War, which, by the way, fantastic game. If you haven't picked it up, do it. Uh For yeah, sure. this drops in Cold War. Yeah, yeah, you're 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 fucked. Yeah, so she's gonna be out for a while, right? Mm-hmm. What is going on with these freaking things? That girl does not have that girl's just had such bad luck in WWE. Yeah, that sucks. Well, it that happened on SmackDown. Anything else on SmackDown? I'm just kinda going by my random thoughts here. Oh, that was by the way, mainly oh, it. One thing I wanted to point out was that uh, when Mysterio went over Rollins using the frog splash, he went over him on the 15th year anniversary of Eddie Guerrero's passing, which is yes. where they end the storyline. So that was all, that's also pretty cool. Just a little Easter egg there. Yeah, very, very, very fitting that um he ended it with his old friend's finisher. Yeah, but we're hearing they are going to continue the Murphy Mysterio storyline and that they're talking about doing a wedding. When Murphy turning on the family, I hope they don't do that. That's too predictable. But a wedding will be interesting. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I would, I'd like to see a wedding would be cool. I just don't want to see like the whole Murphy turns on the family thing. Like, it's it's kind of become my problem with a lot of this wrestling stuff, especially in WWE. Not everything needs to end with somebody turning. Yeah, exactly. You can just get through a storyline clean and no problem. Yeah. So Drew McIntyre goes over Jey Uso in the main event, right? Yep. Yeah, and then it was Drew, a, it was an unsanctioned match since Drew was a Raw, Raw superstar in the SmackDown. Yeah, and then Drew had this to say after SmackDown. Drew, you showed up here tonight on Friday Night SmackDown and confronted your potential Survivor Series opponent Roman Reigns. Potential should you beat Randy Orton this upcoming Monday on Raw? And at the end of the night, you stared him in the face and said, "Do you understand now?" What was the meaning behind that? I think it was pretty obvious to our WWE universe, Roman. 
clearly, based on what he said earlier, doesn't know what I'm all about now. I was asking him, does he understand? Has he got a little taster? I don't think he understands quite yet. I think on Monday you should check out my match with Randy Orton, what exactly I do to Randy Orton when I become WWE champion. Because he's stepping into the ring with a whole new Drew McIntyre than he remembers. And the last time he was in the ring with me, I was eliminating him to win the Royal Rumble. So he got me on the rise. But this is the full evolution, buddy. This is a whole new Drew McIntyre. And I'm bringing everything on Sunday at Survivor Series. I'm coming to dinner. And the big man can sit at the head of the table. I don't care. He can sit at the side of the table. He can hide under the table. But I'm going to flip that thing around, knock his teeth down his throat, and finally do something that somebody, anybody, needs to do. So why not be this guy? I'm going to humble that man. Good luck this upcoming Monday, Drew. You know, I literally thought he was going to say, turn that son bitch sideways and stick straight up his candy ass. Thankfully, he did not. Yeah, I'm so glad he didn't. That would have been too predictable. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. This whole, all these feuds are kind of boring me. The SmackDown thing didn't really do too much for me. They did 2 point, uh, 2.14 million viewers versus 2.209. So they're down 0.7 in the first hour, 0.6 in the second, 18 to 49 demographic, which finally brings us to Raw. Which this last past week brought 1.69 million viewers higher than the previous week. We'll tell you about this week next week. Uh, I did like the beginning with Orton's promo where he brags about his fines and suspensions and he's like, you know how come I got fined more than anybody else in this company? You know, I got suspended. You know, I was able to shit in Sable's bag. No, he didn't say that, but I don't think that was him. I think it was X-Pac. That's a rumor. <laughs> but uh, I did like that. Uh, Shane and I and Lana versus Dana, Mandy and Oscar with Mandy. Uh, Mandy gets hit with Shayna's leg stomp, uh, on the steps, which I guess that's how they write her out of the storyline. And then Lana winds up going through a table for the ninth time. This was the worst one because all the shit jumped off the tables, like on the Uncharted games during the big shootouts. So very bad bump there for her. Poor Lana. You know, the funny thing about it is I didn't even realize that happened because at this point, after the seventh time i just i don't know i short circuit for a second when i know it's about to happen and then i zero back in after it's happened oh this one was bad though everything flew off the table everything launched like she, she this was like the go home i guess number 10 will be at the pay-per-view i swear to god they go oh, the double digits i swear to you they, this, this is it this is it what do you mean if how could they go to nine and not go to 10 if survivors here i'd be pissed if they didn't at this point we gotta feed us through Watch, well, this is exactly what's going to happen. Lana's going to be the last one staying in their Survivor Series, and then they're going to put him through the table again. So did Cedric Alexander forget how to do a fucking suicide dive? Yo, suicide? He did three, and they were I getting worse and worse. I have been waiting to talk about this as it happened. The first one, he virtually completely missed Cody, Kofi, with neck first into the barricade. The second one, he missed him by like a little bit less, was still neck first into the barricade. And the third one, he did his best impression of Brie Bella. I don't know what happened. Cedric was off. Yo. Yeah. Oh. Alexa Bliss beat up Nikki Cross for trying to get her to turn on Bray Wyatt. With Bliss during her during uh Bray regular Bray Wyatt's match against Morrison, she dives at Morrison going over the barricade with him. That shit made me laugh. <laughs> and officially, Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke were pulled from Survivor Series in that previous match. In case it wasn't obvious, yeah, because because our uh, reckoning, Mia Yim attacked Dana in the back and right, and reckoning yeah. did go over the hurt business as well. So it was a good night for them. And then I bring no reckoning. Good- reckoning went over Team Raw. Right, right. They went over the team wrong. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. The, the Hurt Business uh, lost a New Day. Yeah, okay. Which I love Which I love that, like, yeah, building the Survivor Series. 
This is like what the second time I think this actually no as a team. I think this is the first time Reckon he's won. Yeah, which by the way we haven't been mentioning, but Biggie for the past couple of day, past couple of weeks on SmackDown, when he hears uh the Street Profits talking shit, he goes over to them and like he basically talks about New Day being the best tag team, and he like leaves laughing. <laughs> it's like the strangest. This is like shit. a maniacal laugh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this brings us, I believe, to the main event with Randy Orton having to defend the WWE uh, World Championship against Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre actually gets the title back, causing the the main event to change at the last minute, taking Randy Orton out of Survivor Series. Yeah, this was that, uh, unexpected. And that's how Raw went off the air, guys. And honestly, it's kind of hard to be excited because there's no titles on the line this, this upcoming pay-per-view, right? Yeah. I haven't been liking them doing this whole it's just champion versus champion the last few years I've been doing it. Yeah, which is like, exactly what they're doing here. Because the funny thing is um, when we talked about the whole uh, Randy Orton losing championship again, this was one of the reasons I wasn't even for him winning uh, that title back in the first place. Like, Because first of all, they're not going to get it. They, I knew they weren't going to get it to Edge. Because if you look, it, they weren't going to like get this all the way to where, okay, Edge comes back and they feud. Because if you look at this one, and you look maybe back at the last three before it. In fact, if you look at Randy Orton in his all 14 of his world championships, his longest world title run is 202 days. If you look at his last four, if it's starting back at the, the furthest one, 160 days, then 112 days, then 49 days. This one was two weeks. Randy Orton does not hold championships long. <laughs> Yeah, and so much for Edge versus Orton. I guess we're going to have McIntyre going into whatever, going into Royal Rumble. and then yeah, At this know. point, it's just whoever's going to be champion at that, at that time. All right. Well, with that, we're going to go into the Survivor Series pay-per-view poll, which I'm going to link you guys to right now in the chat It'll room. It'll also be uh, the Undertaker's farewell. So. Also the Undertaker farewell, because 30 years ago at Survivor Series, he debuted, so there's going to be a celebration of that. That's why I recommend, even though I know some of you don't like to kick off, get there at 5 p.m. in case some of that is going to be there, the bleed over. We also don't know if they're going to add kickoff matches. I think odds are they'll add a couple. Whenever matches are announced, be sure to come back to the poll. I'll add the matches. You Just skip the ones you already did. The new matches will be added to the top with a timestamp, so you know when they're added, so you can keep track. Uh, we'll have it set throughout the entire night. For those of you listening on podcast or on talkbrunch.com or wherever on demand, the top of the website, there should be an embedded version of this poll. That should, you should also be able to click the little square button and it'll take you directly to the poll. There's all kinds of ways to get to it. Uh, but yeah, vote. Let's get a nice feel for the community in doing so. Uh, and I am going to uh, bring this poll up on the screen now so you guys can take it with us. All right. First match of the night is the five on five Survivor Series elimination match, Raw versus SmackDown. Do we even know who the who the teams are? Um, so far, SmackDown's team is not fully complete yet. I believe their last uh member will be decided this uh, coming Friday. But of course, we actually have Raw's full team right up here. But uh, after tonight, my vote became easy. I am going Team SmackDown because you don't lose to Reckoning. And then beat capable wrestlers on it. No, you don't do that. All right, well, I'll go Team SmackDown with you. Like, you can't... As much as I like guys like Matt Riddle and AJ Styles and Sheamus and Keith Lee pre-main roster, yeah, you, you don't lose to those guys and then expect to win a Survivor Series. All right, well, hopefully some booking logic. Next, you get the 5-on-5 five five women's Survivor Series elimination match, which we don't... Do we know both teams here? 
Um, this one, as well with SmackDown, the last member of uh, SmackDown women's team will be completed. But uh, they did announce that Mandy, <laughs> Mandy Rose and Dana Brooks replacements for Team Raw were the tag team of Lacey Evans and Peyton Rose. Which isn't even a tag team. That's why they're Not in this even picture. A tag team. That's so ridiculous. And who's the who's on the other team again? Uh, let me see. I know we have Ruby Riot. God, let me see if I can find the other team. I know Ru- we have Ruby Riot and Liv Morgan are both qualified. Yeah, they need to update their graphics. Yeah, this is this one was. Meh. But you know what? For this one, just because. Their trying their, their genius plan to oh we're gonna turn Lana babyface. Lana's probably gonna be sole survivor. Somehow they're gonna do it. Like not, I, I I'm calling it. Nia's gonna snap, put her to a table in the middle of the match, and then everybody's gonna eliminate the rest of the team. Forget about Lana, and Lana's just gonna somehow wipe the team or whatever's left of it. Fair enough. So with this one, you're you're going with Raw. Yeah, I'm going Team Raw on this one. Okay, fair enough. I'm gonna go Raw with you there. Just because I see. I'm like, I see them going with the trolley logic. Gotcha. Next, you get the United States champion versus the Intercontinental champion. So you got Sami Zayn and Bobby Lashley. <sighs> I got to go Zayn. I got to. I think the last time these two went at it, I think Zayn got the upper hand. Yeah, I'm going to so go Lashley like, just because they're actually pushing Lashley and her business. Zayn's almost like a joke champion. Yeah, they're actually doing stuff with Lashley for once, which is different. But yeah, it could... It could kind of go either way on this one, but I think, yeah, actually not. It seems like they they have more in mind at this moment with Lashley than they do with Zayn. Right. It seems like Zayn is just kind of like, he just happens to be champion, but he's not feuding with anybody right now. Yep, no love there. We get the Raw Tag Team Champions versus the SmackDown Tag Team Champions. New Day on Raw, Street Profit SmackDown. Who do you think's going over here? Um. Oh, man. I, I, I think the New Day going over it because if it came down to it let's say it comes down to a one-on-one situation street profits only have one situation where that works out for them and that's if it comes down to montez and one member of new day it comes down to doc as they're screwed <laughs> i did yeah. like that that thought genuinely went through my head i was like because i see it we see that happen sometimes where it comes down to a one-on-one situation there's only half of that equation where it works out with the street profits yeah so you're going new day yeah i'm going new day on this one Alright, new day it is. As much as I like the profits, they haven't been doing much with them on SmackDown. Yeah. It's hard to really pick or care because none of these storylines are gonna go anywhere, you know? What are the yeah, disappointments? Yeah, it's that's why I think that's why I think makes it kinda aggravating. It's like it's not like there's any follow up to any of these. Very dry pay per view. Raw women's champion against SmackDown's women's champion, Sa- Sasha Banks of SmackDown against Asuka of Raw. Ooh. You know, I think because she's starting to ride a new wave of momentum of the fact that she finally has to get a championship defense under her belt, I think Sasha might take this one because she has yet to beat Asuka as well. I think Asuka will go over via Carmella interference. Oh, that's true. Because, yeah, Carmella's been going after um, Sasha. Well, that's what I think going into this. Uh, they're trying to build that feud now that she's not messing with Bailey anymore. All right. Well, finally. WWE champion versus universal champion. Roman Reigns is universal champion. Drew McIntyre is WWE champion. Oh, man. Um, whew. I think Roman is definitely going to get this one. Just right. because the like, this thing with uh, Drew. Actually, I'll get into that in a second. But 
yeah, Roman's kind of riding. He's the best heel in this company right now. He's been absolutely incredible. And I feel like Jay's going to cause Drew. But I noticed a trend when uh, I watched back on some of the last couple of Survivor Series. The WWE Championship is cursed around this time, around this uh, this event lately. How so? Because this, tonight, made the third year in a row that the WWE title has changed hands the week before the um, on the go-home show. Because think about last year, Daniel Bryan beat uh, AJ Styles on the SmackDown before Survivor Series. And right before that, AJ Styles beat Jinder Mahal, I think it was a couple of SmackDowns before Survivor Series. Yeah. So, okay. yeah, this is the third year in a row that the champion has cha- championships changed hands right before the event. So, for me, I think Drew McIntyre, we've already seen him lose recently to Randy Orton. It's not like it would be a surprise. Roman Reigns is extremely protected right now. Uh, there's yeah. no way that he could talk all the shit that he does be the high chief and then get kick, his face kicked in by Drew McIntyre and then go back to SmackDown and keep being a chief. I think Roman Reigns has to win this. Yeah, exactly. I do like I do like the fact that Drew mentioned, and I actually forgotten that he had eliminated Roman last in the last Rumble. So, and these two have gone at it before, and Roman's always been able to get the edge over him. Yeah. Well, there you have it, guys. That is it. Survivor Series this Sunday, November twenty second, seven Eastern, four Pacific. Kickoff beginning at five Eastern, two Pacific. Streaming live on the WWE Network, celebrating thirty years of the Undertaker. At Survivor Series, yeah, which I've heard um, some of his uh, BSK crew is going to be there. Uh, I've heard Kane's going to be there. I've heard the big thing is that you're going to see a lot of old faces from uh, the Undertaker's past. Which uh, also, when it comes to uh, the network, that uh, that that um, one special they did about Paul Bearer was absolutely amazing. Some of the other stuff they've been doing, I haven't had a chance to get to check out the Brothers of Destruction one yet, but. A lot of the stuff they've been doing is actually really, really cool. So, yeah, very, very cool. Yeah, thirty years ago, I'll never forget. Freaking was a um, guy who came who was on commentary. They said, "Look at the size of this ham hawk," and thirty years later, we're saying goodbye. Mm-hmm. So yeah, guys, don't forget to submit those uh, voting polls and everything. Be in the chat with us this Sunday to hang out and stuff. You know, thank you to everyone for being here and for uh joining us for this wonderful go home show into survivor series including those of you that have been in the chat room for the entire night stasis dreams willie v2 eb gamer the devil's sob miss lenity george with a z king quest 770 bloodluster weekly planet aka ashley pixie starla thank you for the host same and senpai you as well uncle louie also you thank you for the host as well as all of you that have been listening across every platform that we're on, including our podcatcher apps such as iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, uh, Podcast Addict, iHeartRadio, and of course those of you listening on twitch.tv slash talkbunch, as well as facebook.com slash talkbunch and talkbunch.com. Tune in this Sunday. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to Talk Brunch Live, episode 420, hosted by yours truly, Rick Dara, a.k.a. Captain Brunch. This officially ends year six. For myself and my co-host, Destin Soul Glow Frazier, we're out of here. See you this Sunday, because it's the Survivor Street. Shut it down. <laughs>